1: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. Everybody, welcome to Bass and Brews Podcast, your weekly distraction from quality podcast content. You're here with us today. It's just me, uh, Alex Swamp Rat, is off doing something. I have no idea what. um, We're supposed to have a guest co-host, but he has some stuff come up, can't come. So it's just me and my buddy, Joe Labra-Berber, and... I, that's the best I can do with my country accent. <laughs> we can't put that damn many vowels together.
0: I know. Doing, I know. Joe? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Big Bass Dreams. Joe Lobber Bear yeah. Fishing. Y'all go check yeah. him out. We're going to get into it tonight. We have no idea what we're going to get into, but I'm sure it's going to be wonderful wonderful. because he's been all over the country filming and fishing and doing some some wild, crazy, fun stuff. I got 30 more seconds before so I can say shit. So, hey, look, Hookset Hoodlums. Y'all go check them out. Use code Heels 10 They're my boys. They got the spring line out, I think, is what Alex said last year. So, check out Hookset Hoodlums. We got some merchandise here for Bass and Brews that y'all can code buy. Um, you can or you can't. Uh, I think we have a Patreon account. From what I remember on the last episode, I do not remember what it is. Uh, I will have Alex add that stuff into the bottom of this comments and description, and we can get on to it because – that's his side of the business. Mine's over here having a good time talking shit. So Joe, tell us who you are, man. Where are you from? What's your story? What brought you to where you are right now talking to me?
0: Oh, well, I I guess short version is uh, I, I'm just like you guys, like I'm an any old angler that had aspirations of trying to fish at the highest level. And uh, the road has just kind of like, taken me on like a really unique path. I didn't really start competitive angling like at a young age or anybody or anything like a lot of people. But uh, so when I started competing at like age 29, things kind of like happened really, really quick for me. Um, Like I met the Alpha Angler crew like really, really early on in like 2017 Uh, Jake started making rods for me like custom rods other than the other stuff that they have in the lineup and um, through kind of like just being like a really good customer it eventually led to me having a job with them which has kind of just like snowballed and it's helped my competitive angling in a lot of ways Um, I fish the Bassmaster opens now. Um, hopefully next year I'll fish all nine if, you know, I can finish in the top 20 this year so I can get priority registration. So I can actually get into those Southern opens <laughs> that like nobody could, if you weren't an elite series pro or weren't, uh, didn't finish in the top 20 last year. Cause those sold out like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my goal is just to kind of see what I can do as far as like building my own business. Um, I I think a huge part of being a competitive angler, if you're not like a trust fund kid or you don't have like support and and connections right out of college, um, you really need to build a business that'll support your habit. And I'm a tackle hoarder like no other. And I live in the Northeast and in Northeast PA, really close to New York, like I fish the Finger Lakes and the Great Lakes um, in the St. Lawrence river a lot. And with, uh, five months of kind of like an off season, uh, that can make for an expensive tackle buying habitual thing. <laughs> um, I and like
1: imagine how bored uh, you get and how you're like, you know what? I bet six of these is what I need right
0: now yeah, in January. Yeah. Well, like I have a super addictive personality, like ADHD to the max. And like, so for me, like, so I was buying baits last night for stuff that I'm going to use in a video shoot with Oliver in June. And then I'm going to use some in a tournament in July and a tournament in the first week of September. So, like before I knew it, I had spent $800 on one bait in a bunch of colors. And, like, oh, yeah. It, like, so it, it got hairy quick. Like,
1: <laughs> so, yeah. oh, oh, shit, we got to crack open our beers. So, oh, yeah. Tell, Alex has been back and I'm, I'm out of practice. I don't, I don't, I actually, that's not, that's a lie. I'd I be fucking shit up anyway. So,
0: all right. What you drinking tonight, there, dog? Dude, I'm like fighter man. I'm straight doing it all the time, bud. Nice. All the time. I that's like I got a caffeine and nicotine habit like you wouldn't believe, buddy. <laughs> like
1: oh shit, there we go. Hey mm-hmm. man, that's that's good. That's good. Mountain Dew, that's some good old country Pepsi Cola. Oh, yeah. You know, down here where I'm from or where I grew up, we called everything Pepsi Cola. What you what you Yankees call pop or soda, whatever mm-hmm. y'all call it.
0: Yeah. Down
1: here, everything's a Pepsi Cola. So when you go in, well not anymore, but you used to go to a restaurant and ask for a Pepsi Cola, and they brought you whatever you wanted, even though yeah. you called a bit been a Dr Pepper or something.
0: But yeah.
1: now, you know, it's all it's 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 a cornucopia of uh, folks that don't understand how what country talk is. So, Anyway, oh, I, I feel I, you, dude. I, I drank my last little bit of beer last night, so I I got a truly <laughs> extra hard. It's got eight alcohols in it. I ain't gonna lie, this shit ain't no good, man. It tastes like. <laughs> It tastes like drinking a 16-ounce can of your wife's perfume that just <laughs> happens to have a high alcohol content in it. It is not good, but it's what I got tonight, and it's gonna work, and we're gonna have a good time. So I'm gonna go ahead and crack mine open since Jodan got his. And I tell you what, tell us tell us about real quick. You, you, we, we, we can't talk about your jobs today, not because they're secretive, but because you've got so many and we're not doing a 38-hour podcast tonight, yeah. even though I think me and you could probably do
0: that. Yeah. Tell us about Big Bass Dreams. So about nine and a half or 10 years ago, Oliver Nye out of Los Angeles, SoCal, uh, started a movement. Uh, kind of like a lifestyle and, uh, after growing up fishing from the bank for so many years and fishing with his boys, you know, he met a lot of people who got into that big bait scene, um, even before like the Huddleston was like a thing. Mm. Um, and, and that, that chasing of the biggest bass in the world using, you know, like, (laughs) Bates, the, I mean, that's like a 12 inch glide, like Bates, the size of, you know, things that we wouldn't even have imagined 10 years ago. Um, and 15 years ago, he, he kind of decided he needed to start sharing this movement, this lifestyle that he was living with the world on YouTube. And, uh, as with a lot of people who are the first through the door, Um, You know, it was a little bit of a tough road. He caught steady fire and people started digging his stuff. Um, But at the same time, he was sharing a lot of secrets (laughs) with the world. And, uh, you know, Oliver's definitely made his fair share of lifelong friends and his fair share of enemies that just don't like appreciate the, what the movement is and, and kind of him being the first through the door. I mean, like I experienced the same thing, like steelhead fishing up on Ontario. People don't want you talking about certain things. And I I mean, I don't have any problems. I come from a world where like, I feel like I can do it better than you. So I'll show you everything I do. You still have to find the fish and still have to catch them. And Oliver's kind of always had that same mentality as You know, like he can teach and teach and teach, but until you really have gained a certain level of experience, you're, you know, like we're not given, we're not given the farm away. So, uh, when him and I met a few years ago, it, it was, it was a pretty awesome fit, like right off the bat. And yeah, I mean, we, we've just kind of flourished. Now I, I run a large portion of the big bass stream, social media, I run, um, or I produce and, and I'm one of the hosts of the big Bass dreams live stream that we do every mm-hmm. Thursday night on YouTube. Um, you know, I wear a lot of hats and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky. I I really am. He's, he's a fantastic teacher. Um, all right. so, all right.
1: I, I, th- so this is, is it's, it's, weird crazy for a diff- bunch of different things, but you got a SoCal guy and yeah. a North Northeastern guy. Yeah. Got together, and now we can we can we can do math and get the the SoCal guy in twelve inch swim baits. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you? I mean, <laughs> I know look. I, I know twelve inch. They catch all the fish in the lake. It doesn't matter. But what like are you? Is this a northeast area that you're using these these big swim baits that you're using? You know, or are you you fish them all around? I'm sure. Like, are are they a staple of your? your, your toolbox up there in the Northeast.
0: So, I mean, as far as the viewership goes, like for your podcast, like, I don't, I don't know where everybody stems from and, and what they're into, but uh, for me, like, I, I would, I am such a fan of fishing. Um, I mean, like, I know, I, I I'm like a geek when it comes to listening to podcasts, watching YouTube of, of the highest level competitors, like mm-hmm. Zaldane, Brandon uh, Hunter Shryock has a great YouTube channel. Um, Like I, all these guys that have good channels, like I am a huge fan of, and I don't really, I mean, I try to limit myself to not watching too much, like the backyard every day guys, because I, I want to always be kind of in the minds of the, the anglers that I think, think I'm going to be competing with in a handful of years or a decade or when, whatever it might be. Um, And I, I became a fan of Zaldane's really early Um, in, in my angling, like, I, j- dude, <laughs> I'm a lot like him. I either want to throw like this, or <laughs> I want to throw, you know, like this, right. yeah, you know, yeah. like, and, and that's just my fishing style. And, and I met Chris a few years ago, and he was just such down-to-earth guy. And, you know, I, I had already followed his career pretty closely. And and now we're, we're learning more and more about him. And it seems like every time he releases a video, I feel like they really resonate with me. And uh, I just want to go out there and do what a lot of people aren't doing. And I think that's why Oliver and I meshed up so well is, like I'm either going to like fish the smallest stuff in the lake and smaller than everybody else and finessier than everybody else, or I'm going to go out and I'm going to make those fish react to something they've never seen mm-hmm. before. And I, I don't mess around with like, I mean, dude, I have a zillion chatter baits, but it's like not anything I'm really ever <laughs> interested in throwing because everybody's right. out there doing it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. That's kind of how I got into it. And, and the fact that I live in the Northeast, I think only makes only helps me be more successful because like either they're on one or the other, and I don't really have to mess around in between. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it brings the best out of me where I live. It, it matches up with, with what my interests are. So, I mean, I'm living in the right place to do all this.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, people in you know, where I grew up, there wasn't all the bass fishing that we got to watch was, was all Southern. -hmm. It was all Florida, Georgia, Texas. You know that was that was the stuff when I was growing up. And then as they the professionals started moving up, you start to see these huge smallmouth caught up all Mm -hmm. over the north. And I mean, we (laughs) like those bags up there when they go up to some of these good lakes will be bigger than some of the southern lakes that they're down here fishing. Where you have the especially where you have um, um the spotted bass. Yep. And, and get there's big ass fish. And if you ever, and if you watch Bailey and Cap Mandrew and their social media posts, they catch smallmouth that look like somebody's shot an air hose up their butthole uh-huh. and, and put 90 pounds, 90 yeah, pounds up in that shit.
0: It gets I like mean, all in here that, too. Yeah.
1: That, and, and that's, those are, they ain't small. Like that, you know, I know they've had some days they go out there and catch, you know, Four-pounders all day long. Mm-hmm. Andrew's I, on them right now. I I can't go down here to Sharon Harris and catch four-pounders all day long. I might catch a few, but I ain't catching them the whole time I'm out there. It's crazy. The fishing up there has been, and we've all been enlightened to, that, to the fisheries up there the last, what, six, seven years?
0: That's what Andy sent oh me today. They're all four to fives. Look at that. Can y'all, yeah. s- hold on, hold on. I mean,
1: look at that. That is just in damn sane.
0: Yeah. That's, that's like, insane. Andy was on, it was either, I it was probably like, Lake Erie. I mean, he didn't tell me exactly the body of water he was guiding on today, but yeah, that's, that's what we deal with.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So, <laughs> so you, 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 you fish small swim baits, you fish big swim baits. Mm-hmm. Do you dabble in the other, in other, techniques or baits obviously you got chatter oh, baits, yeah. you don't throw them a lot do you crank you know what what's what are you filling in some of the voids with sometimes
0: all right so um we don't really run into up north any of like what you guys would call deep cranking uh, mm. a lot of the largemouth and a lot of the smallmouth that we get into you can access with a uh like 6xd pretty easy Um, you know, there are certain times of the year, if we have a really mild winter and spring and a hot summer, I mean, you might, you can get into throwing the eight and the 10, but you know, like for the most part, you you can access most of our cranking in the summer, especially because that grass, especially that deep offshore grass, um, that, that offshore milfoil will start like you can fish in like 22 feet of water. And that milf might still grow up five feet, in which mm-hmm. case the six XD, you're getting really close to that, mm-hmm. to that, you know, 16, 17 foot range where you're ticking the top of it. So really like most of that, it, you know, it's something that I definitely access a lot. And when I'm in tournament mode, like I, if, if, if I'm fishing like an open or something like that, my, my, the beginning of practice, like I'm not throwing like, the eight-inch mag draft and trying to get it down or the 247 defiant or 210. Like I'm not accessing that deeper water right off the bat. Um, in most situations, um, I'm gonna start burning around with a crankbait and I'm gonna try to find them. Um, Alpha Angler makes by far the lightest, most sensitive crankbaits or crankbait rods on the market, and hmm. it allows me to fish really good. Um it- So that's definitely a, a giant part of my arsenal. Um, I mean, like I'd be lying to you if I said fishing a weedless drop shot, wasn't like how I really got into competitive fishing. Like that's, I won my first tournament ever throwing a six inch Robo worm on the Robo worm rebarb hook, like Mm -hmm. on a, on a long spinning rod, snapping it out of the grass on Cayuga. And I mean, that's been a staple of mine, too. So, like, I'm not afraid of the spin pole. Like, I definitely get down with it. But those would probably be, I would say, two of my highest utilized techniques besides going really big and really little. I'd throw a crankbait and a drop shot, um, a weedless drop shot a lot.
1: I We'll talk more, not, not now, but after, about their crankbait rod. Because I love crankbait fishing and... Um, you know, we should talk a bit. little
0: about rod design. I mean, it is one of my jobs.
1: Yeah, we, 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 we shall, we shall. I want to stick with some of the, the swim bait stuff. Okay. I, I've got a S waiver. I've got a buddy that poured me a big ass eight inch monstrosity of a thing. <laughs> big ass. I, I've never, I've never, you know, fished that kind of stuff. And okay. what I usually see down here, our, our lakes clear for us would be three feet. If I can see three feet, that's clear. And in the summertime, you know, we get the majority, majority of our good fish, good class fish are going to be, you know, they're going to, let's take Sharon Harris. If they're going to be on those points that drop down into 30, 20 foot of water, how do you, are you fishing those big swim baits that deep in a, in a dirty water scenario? Like what is, how does that? How does that work? Fishing those big swim baits? How deep? How shallow? Water clarity? How does all that play? I mean, I know there's no, so answer, but yeah. just through your mindset. That's what I want to hear. Is what your mindset is? If you roll up chair yeah. Harris, three foot of visibility, um, big
0: swim. So, bait. so depending on the time of the year, um, I I have no trouble throwing a swim bait from. Forty degree water up to ninety, and and like from you know fifteen millimeters of visibility to fifteen feet of vis. I, it doesn't bother me. You know, I have some rules of thumb that I follow, um, probably because I don't have the millions of hours of experience Oliver does, and and he would he would give you a way more general answer. Then I'm gonna give you. For me, if I want to move a bait quick, I just simply I go to a two ten and I go to a you know like I love the Defiant two ten and because I can I mean for me on a seven eleven extra heavy like couple different rods I use it for whether I'm throwing it on seventy pound braid with a thirty five pound leader or whether I'm throwing it on thirty pound you know fluoro. I can move that bait. and and if i if I get a lot of clarity and I want to fish fast, i'm I'm gonna burn a two ten. I generally fish like a two forty seven, which is like a almost ten inch bait. I mean, the fast sink model is almost seven and a half ounces. This thing is gonna get down a lot faster. The thing is is like if you look at the tail size on them, this two ten, has a way smaller tail. so what happens is it'll it'll kind of stay down if I'm really moving it.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: doesn't have that tendency to rise up. And uh, the 247, if it's really dirty, you can move it a little slower, give off a lot of thump thump and that's that's generally like if I'm gonna be real general about how I fish them, that's how I'm gonna do it. I mean if I'm just if I'm just in town, And I'm going to fish like three quarters of a day, you know, late morning through a day. And then, you know, while I'm passing through town, I get an itch to go back out the next morning, fish three quarters of a day before I got to hit the road again on my way to Alabama or Texas. Like, that's probably what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out there with like these two baits tied on first. And, you know, I'm going to fish one of them fast. I'm going to fish one of them a little deeper and fish it a little slower. And, and that's kind of how I'm going to probe around in the beginning.
1: Um, how, what, in what depth are you, are you probing or you kind of, what, what's that special little depth? If you have that short amount of time that you want to go out there and, and, you know, test it out and see,
0: I mean, that's, that really just kind of comes down to either me calling somebody like you or my buddy, Matt, that lives there and just be like, Hey, what's the water temp when I roll up and what phase are these fish in? Um, that's usually something I'm going to do. And if I don't have a friend around there, I'm just going to go to the internet and I'm going to find <laughs> out kind of as much yeah. as I can about that place. Like, so I'm going to stop, stop at Gunnersville on my way to Texas here in a few weeks. And like, I've never been, um, but I have a general idea on May 23rd, what Gunnersville's probably doing. And I'm going to go onto my Lake master chart and I'm going to set the depths to the depth highlight to that range. And I'm going to go find a place to idle over. And if I see some fish, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to go after them. And Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that kind of just comes to like, I mean, you, you travel and kayak fish and fish derbs all the time. Like that's just, I just go with like what my gut instincts tell Mm -hmm. me should probably be going on. And then I'm relying on my electronics to kind of tell me if, the fish are reacting to what I'm trying to do, you know?
1: What's, what reels are you using? Not, not necessarily, I don't care about brand, but the right. but ratios and line, line take up and that yeah. kind of
0: stuff. Yeah. I mean, I like big, fast stuff. Um, you know, like the Tatula 300s, is my favorite big bait reel. And I fish it in a six, three to one most of the time, because that's still taken up. 35, 37 inches of line, probably Um, mm-hmm. that 300 spools big. So a six, <laughs> three is still like a seven, three or seven, five for most yeah. of our low profile stuff, you know? Um, So, yeah, I mean, it, it, they're quick. Like I'm, I am not. Okay. So I'll, I'll say this for any of the viewers. So if you go watch like Matt Newman, he owns I-Rod, which is a, a West coast brand of rods. Matt Newman for years was like the king of the Huddleston. Right. And, and I used to listen to like Matt on podcasts and Matt talk. And he talked about like six second handle turns fishing the HUD in cold water. And like, dude, I have no desire to do that. Like I, I, yeah. like Hell no. Hell no.
1: I ain't fishing a worm that slow. I ain't fishing. uh Uh-uh. I can't. Yeah. Do it. I
0: mean, I can't. I'm not going to go out there with an old 200 size Corrado and be <laughs> trying to take up like every five seconds, taking up 15 inches of line. Like I'd rather punch myself in the face. Yeah, like I'm, I'm myself I'm, with a pecker with a hammer, too. Right. Right. Like I, I'm going to go out there like and I use these big baits to force these fish to react and I'm not going to give them a good look at it. And the mm-hmm. ones that want a good look at it, you can stay there. And if I felt like you were in a good spot, I might flip a drop shot at you just to see if you're dumb, like Brandon did on Santi Cooper a couple of years ago. But like, that's about it. Like, I don't, I don't have time. Just like all of the viewers, none of us have enough time to dick around with these fish and my time's valuable, man. Like I, I don't, and I have friggin' ADHD to the max. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not peddling around like I'm going to move and I'm yeah. going to go find fish that are stupid. And that's, that's right. how, those are the ones I want to catch.
1: If you ever get your ass in a kayak, the, <laughs> you can have all the ADHD you want, but you have yeah. to understand the lake gets, gets really small. And I, I, I understand that, but I still will pedal 16 damn miles fishing to oh, yeah. try to cover water and usually it's because you know i ain't catching on for whatever reason i didn't find them ain't don't know what the hell's going on are you using forward facing sonar
0: yeah i use a combination of 360 and panoptics. Okay. I, I i like the i like the information i get from both mm-hmm. um so uh, my eyes are really really trained i always go to 360 first i i get a, a a good look at everything around me. And then my, uh, uh, my pan my 360 is my bottom left graph on the bow and my panoptics is my bottom right. And it's funny, like my eyes are very trained to go left first, find that 360. And then I look to the right as my foot is moving on the pedal to shine the sonar window over that way. But yeah, I, I got to use both. It's, it's what, it's a smart use of money if you can afford it, because it maximizes your time on the water.
1: But people talk about a bill no to afford it. And now I know when you get into a boat scenario, the prices could differ. But you was know, it twenty five hundred dollars in for you know, for the system? Let's be real. But people are spending that kind of money on a monthly basis buying new rods and reels that. Mm-hmm probably are going to be in the corner by the end of the year or you know it's it's to me honestly the cost is not that much when you look at how much money people spend on on gear
0: and and lures um i mean it's just here's how i look at it it doesn't matter if you fish one or two days a month or if you only miss one or two days a month we all think our time is precious right we all think time is money and I want to make the most out of my time on the water, whether I'm doing it for fun, um, whether I'm trying to impress some single lady and show her that I can fish or whether I'm out there (laughs) trying to win 50 K in an open, you know, like I, I want to make the most of my time. And if there's a money that I can spend to try to make money, like I look at that as an investment in myself, you know, so I'm going to spend it. And, you know, it, it to me, it makes the experience of being out there more enjoyable. I'm a I'm a gear nut and a hoarder of the goods. And, uh, you know, it's just I like tools. I like messing around with stuff and geeking out. And, yeah. Well, nobody likes to go out there and not catch fish. Yeah. I mean, and so if you I, a- I don't like not I don't like when I don't know why either. Like it's not that I don't like that's what drives me crazy. So if there's ways that I can at least like formulate an idea why I sucked, like if I can, then at least I get some closure and I can move on,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, I, one of the greatest sayings I've ever heard. And I love to death is good old Buck Perry from spoon Plugging says, you can't catch fish where fish ain't. And that's the damn fucking truth. You can't, you can be throwing the most perfect lure in the world. Mm -hmm. And if there ain't no damn fish there, that ain't going to bite it. Yeah. And and that's where, to, to me, that's the number one most important thing about, and I take it from a tournament mindset, about fishing is you have to be where the fish are. And I think Edwin Evers said it. I think Alex Rudd talked about it on his podcast and pretty yeah. sure he said Edwin said Edwin said, you could be throwing the wrong lure in the right place and catch fish and be throwing the right lure in the wrong place and not catch them because yeah. you can't catch fish where fish ain't. Yeah. Those, all the electronics used to fact tell us where the fish were. Mm-hmm. But now with the forward facing, now you're able to start to dial in how those fish, what their what their their behavior mindset is at that time. That's a whole different level. And I ask you that, do you think fishing these big swim baits having that forward facer, and that that live sonar is it imperative to that can you can you go fish these big baits without it
0: oh 100% i mean so some of the most successful big bait fishermen like if we were to try to take like maybe the top 100 in our country probably i bet more than half of them fish from the bank um i mean in huh. terms of like guys just in search of some of double digit fish, you know, fish Mm -hmm. 10 plus, um, on big baits. A lot of them are fishing from the bank in the summertime. Um, it, it, it's the truth. Cause I mean, we all know fish always live shallow, no matter where you are, there's always fish shallow. Um, so you don't need it, but just like it is with any other bait, you can learn a lot like having it. Like Mm. it's, it's, you know, carpenters don't need power tools. But damn, do they make things a lot easier? <laughs> <laughs> Look, they, they, time is money, yeah. right?
1: Time is money. And they can, and, and Brian the carpenter can hang a lot more damn trim. Yeah. You know, with a, with an air gun and a brad nailer than he can over there beating little teeny damn nails in. I know because I've had un-trim before. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the, the electronics are there. How, how deep are you fishing some of these big, big swim baits in 30, 40 foot of water? Are you counting them down to depth? Is it all dependent? If the fish are on the bottom, are you still trying to throw those big swim baits?
0: So there are some baits, certain baits that I can use to access like 30, 35 feet. Um, It's never, it's never a hard bait. Like this is a North, this is a, a Carolina boy that, that designed this one. That's tater hog. If anybody mm-hmm. knows Matt McBee on Norman, but like, I'm never going to access and he he's my favorite bait designer by far, but like um, I'm never going to access those fish with a hard bait. I would rather put a drill bit in my eyeball. I can't, I can't wait for it to get down there. Like I can put all the like, uh weight on, on the belly and try to get it down as I want. And I know thrifty, I was talking to Matt McBee one day and thrift was trying to get him to design one that he could fish in like 20 feet on like the Tennessee river lakes. And I, I don't have time for that. There is um, a new, like hook system that is allowing me and some other guys who are kind of in the know um, who have gotten a, some of this stuff a little early um, to access those super deep, super, super deep fish. And uh, there's some baits that are like better than others. And um, but usually what I'm doing is I'm going to get some kind of a swim bait like the mag draft, only not with a giant boot tail. Mm. Like I want something that's like slimmer and well that's not even a great example but um would you
1: would you ever take that mag draft and trim the boot tail down to make it work
0: i have but here's the thing it's like this bait's made to be fished high in the water column okay like i i mean there are better there are better swim baits that have more streamlined tails um that I'm going to take this, this same hook. Like this is, so what I got in, in this mag draft right now is uh, let's see if I can show you. So Mm. BKK, let me see. BKK makes up like anywhere from a six to a 16, what they call the Titan diver plus. Mm. And what this hook allows you to do is you can change the blades to different sizes. You can, if it's going to let me. You can take the weights off. You can go all the way up to an ounce and a half. No shit. Oh, yeah. So like, it's just like these little collars, right? And then the weight, I'll see, the weight has that slit in it. And you're literally just going to drop that slit on the shank of the hook. So on the other side of the collars and then press the collars in. Mm. And like, sometimes you got to wet them to get them on there but you can go anywhere from like just a couple of grams of weight to 42 grams, which is an ounce and a half. (laughs) And like, and I mean, you can go anywhere from like a six hot, this is a 12 that I use on on an eight inch mag draft. Right. I just, I take the eight inch, I cut the harness out like, and uh, but there's, there's tons of swim baits. And when you find one that kind of has that boot tail that you really like, you know, like for me, if I'm fishing shallow, this is like the one everybody knows about. If wow. I want it on a weedless swim bait hook, this this is the one I'm going to go with. I mean, when I fish these from Defiant, these are line throughs. Okay. And there's a ton of different systems that you can use. But I mean, it's a hard head. Like I'm never getting a hitchhiker like that mm-hmm. screw lock into that nose. Right. So if I have to fish weedless, you know, like there are certain ones I go with. If I don't have to be weedless, there's other ones I go with. I mean, like this is probably my favorite one to use in tournaments. And like, I mean, I love the six inch citizen. I always have a six inch citizen on a stinking eight dot Titan diver. Plus like I went down to the James. It was the first soft plastic swim bait. I started throwing when I got there. Um, You know, and like this three pack, I mean, I've had these for five years. I mean, these they're great baits because when I when I'm done using one or if I want to switch colors, like I don't take the screw lock out of the nose. Like I'll I'll make like maybe three quarters of a turn to get it out. And then I'm going to slip it off the end of the hitchhiker. And I'm going to leave that, that hitchhiker in ah. its face. So, yeah, so you're not, not wallering out that nose. Exactly. Exactly. So then when I do catch a fish on this thing, I I have more life saved in that nose. Because I haven't gone in and out six or seven or eight or ten times, mm-hmm. you know? So and you like, said that's the B, BKK Titan Diver. Titan Diver. Okay, so... They make a Titan Rider, which has no weight. Okay. It has this this uh, little. Let me put it in front of my face. That little like keeper, yep. so that you the hook kind of sits and rides good. Then they have, yeah, nice. <laughs> then they have, uh, then they have the uh, um, Titan Diver, which has a fixed position weight. And then they have the Titan Diver plus, which has the removable weights. They actually come with two different size weights in every box. So like this a dot, it says wrong side, it says right there on the package. The a dot comes with an eight gram and a twelve gram weight. Um, and like I said, I have twenty fours, um, whatever. I have ounce and an eighth, which I guess is like, I don't know thirty two. And then I have 42s. So, like, you know, you can – they're very interchangeable. I mean, for, like, 12 bucks, you get two hooks, one blade, two different weights, all kinds of spare, like, extra plastic collars. Like, yeah. There's only a couple retailers in the U.S. that have them right now. Um, Mm. I I cleaned out Tackle Direct pretty good recently. (laughs) And that's just because I had to, like, BKK even – is a little bit low at the moment, so they couldn't even send them to me. So I just went and I just ordered them because I can't live without them. Right. I've been uh, I've been sharing them with too many of my friends recently, <laughs> so I had to restock. And when they told me they didn't really have any in a size that I was low on, I was like, uh-oh.
1: Are, are you sitting at home with a jeweler's loop pulled down, oh, sharpening yeah. your, resharpening uh, your hooks and bars? Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah i mean it's just i like the owner beast hook has been like the swim bait Mm -hmm. hook that like everybody knows about and like
1: you can't see it but that's what's hanging up right
0: there yeah i mean i mean like so ben from the hookup tackle has said it's the number one selling hook in his shop for like the last two or three years and uh this hook's a thousand times better like (laughs) So yeah, when, it, when this when when I kind of found out about BKK and you know this in particular, it, it changed everything. It absolutely changed everything.
1: Yeah, this is the one my buddy made me. This is eight inch. Yeah, just yeah, an eight inch. It's not a very wide uh, paddle tail. Um, I, I have, now's the time I'll start fishing it, but I threw it some back. I don't know, not shortly after I got it, I don't know anything about swim baits and all, but it, it, it didn't wobble. It didn't, it didn't do anything stupid. You know, like you, you get crank baits, right. That run quick crooked. So it didn't do anything crazy. So I'm, I'm curious, I'm going to chunk it. I'm going to chunk it this summer and see what happens.
0: Yeah, definitely get it, get it out there. bud. I mean, there, there's no perfect swim bait. Like, so you got to learn what you like and you know, learn what works in certain scenarios and, and nothing beats time fishing them, you know.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: What in
1: in when you're so you're fishing, you're fishing the, the northern opens, you know, you, you have aspirations of being on the elites, mm-hmm. you, you have a competitive spirit, obviously, you have a competitive mind frame, mindset. You're and and you've heard people talk about Oliver being on, you know, his mindset with fishing these big baits and Zaldane and it, and it's kind of, it's different than your normal competitive anglers. What is your mindset going in when you're going to these tournaments with, with the big bait stuff? Are you starting with that in practice? Are you trying to eliminate that? Or are you trying to find that bite?
0: For me, I'm usually at trying to find that bite quick. Um, because to me, if it's there, I'm probably gonna find out pretty quick. Um, so like, I only had a day and a half of practice at the last open, right? Mm. So, oh, damn, that's like no time at all. The I 20 uh, boats. Yeah, I ended up being boat 215 on day one too. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, I did know.
1: You fish, did you fish at the boat lamp at the boat ramp? Then that was the only spot left. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, I ran almost an hour. Yeah. Well, uh, my first spot was like 35 minutes and then I ran 20 minutes further after that. But, uh, and I actually started right next to the guy that led day one. I was like, and I found out later he was boat two Oh five. So I was like, both of us found the spot and we had it to ourselves. I didn't realize he had a six in the box before I got there. But anyway, um, I, when I got there for this last one, I mean, I, I had three, three big baits on the deck, one hard and two soft. And, uh, you know, I, I knew, I knew what I was looking for. This was the second time that I had been there in the spring. Oh, excuse me. That I had been there Bless in the spring. Ciao. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, I, I kinda, oh, travel partner, Brad Leitner outcast. He got <laughs> six at the derb. Oh, um, shit. Nice. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brad did good. Oh, yeah. Brad did well. He fished day three. But uh, he, like, I knew the weather trends. Like, I'd been watching the weather down there for four months before I even got there. And mm. we had a guy on the Dream Team who got there three weeks before me. Um, He was struggling with some COVID, like, post-COVID complications, So he was afraid he was only going to be able to like muster being in the boat, like three, four hours a day. So he went early and he was giving me water temp updates on certain sections of the river. And so like, I was, I was pretty in tune with what was going on, even though I pulled up with very little time to figure it out. And I just went and I looked for certain things. And the first thing I looked for was, you know, will they eat this bait? And, you know, as you can tell, there are no teeth marks in it. Um, <laughs> will they eat this one? If I'm fishing it fast in certain scenarios, like I, I knew in my head that if they were going to be where I wanted some of them to be, there were going to be certain situations, but like, it's just like, if you're running If you're flipping wood, flipping wood, flipping wood, eventually you run out of wood, you pick up the spinner bait, you make 10 casts until you get to the next row of wood. That's really kind of how I utilize this is I might be doing one thing, doing one thing. And then I just, I have stretches where I believe, especially in a, in a tournament where they're slightly pre-spawn moving into the spawn Mm -hmm. where those fish have to stop like there are stop signs on these highways and I'm on my way going through having because I mean I had months to think about what my practice was going to be like (laughs) like that's right because this is the first northern open right yeah I mean and I hadn't fished yet this year so yeah like oh man well, that's. I mean, that's just how how it goes. There was snow at my house when I left. Like, but I have no
1: idea how it. I like be, being growing up in South Carolina, and yeah. living in North Carolina for half of my life. Yeah, not in the winter time. I'm out there bass fishing. Yeah, straight up. Like, I'm not trying to catch crappy, no bullshit. Yeah, I am bass fishing. Yeah, I mean, I have. I it would. I want to go ice fishing one day in my life. I want to go, I want to go ice and sleep in a shanty. I want to do that. I don't want to do no dumb. I want to sleep out in a shanty on the ice for like three, four days, eat what you catch all that good stuff. But, but man, it, it, it hurts me to know that (laughs) friends of mine have like six months where they can't even see the water.
0: That yeah sucks, so like this this is kind of like what i do with the serious yeah. angler crew we go like steelhead fishing um, yeah, you, man you post some beautiful damn river fish hey that's that's andy like i uh the fall i do on lake ontario tributaries closer to me and then like when it starts snowing i drive to andy because i'm not going fishing like by <laughs> myself when it when yeah. there's snow on the ground that's it's right. just too cold, like. So if those fish aren't cooperating, I got to be able to shoot the breeze with some buddies. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it, Andy's, it, I mean, if you guys don't follow full fishing guide service on Instagram, like, dude, he's, he's, yeah. he's a guide extraordinaire. He's like one of the coolest, best friends to have. No, you can't steal him from me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Ba- 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 Bailey, Bailey might have already stole him. Oh yeah. I know. But Bailey won't go <laughs> trout fishing with us. He refuses. Well, so like I get him in the winter. He Bailey puts puts him on, on lend to me, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh hold up, hold up, hold up. It's 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 like a uh it's it's like co uh, it's like co parenting. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yeah. yeah
1: you, you that's you get, my custody you get month. Andy, you get Andy yeah. during the, the winter season and, yep. and Bailey gets him during the I mean, you know Yeah. I I get nice my I, I'll share. It's not yeah, I mean, helping get along.
0: I, it's a 75 25 relationship. <laughs> so clearly, Bailey's the woman. I have 25% custody. I get him December, January, and February. Well, like, you know, it, it makes those
1: percentages make sense uh, because Bailey eats spinach sandwiches.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, it's I like mean, Popeye. you know.
1: Yeah. Except he, except he's not Papa. If he would have been here tonight to defend himself, I I still would have said the same shit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, well, you know, it's, I, I probably, I may have said worse things to be honest in his presence, you know?
1: Hey, look, and we're early, so it could change.
0: Yeah. So you, you're,
1: you're taking, you're taking the approach that we all take. Like I'm going to depending on where the fish are and if there's a, Transition or the fish are in a crankbait bite. You bet your damn ass. I'm gonna go between six and 12 feet and yep. go look to see if I can find something, and throw a damn crankbait down there to see if they're gonna bite it. Yeah, I mean, but I, I like that lure and cover a lot of water with it. And I said butt parry and spoon plugging. Do you know who that is?
0: Uh, I, I mean, like I have some friends who you know have used his stuff many a time. The spoon so. plugs, I've got oh, spoon yeah. plugs hanging up behind me.
1: I do. You? Look, yeah, oh, yeah, hell yeah, man. I got all kinds of damn spoon. Pl- Matter oh, of come fact, on, show some- and tell. So, so if I've talked about him on this podcast a lot, and some people have heard him, some ain't. But anyway, if you go look up Buck Perry, spoon plugging, structure fishing, um, Don Dixon on YouTube, but it, he's the godfather of offshore fishing. He was offshore fishing in the, in the 40s and 50s, and this guy was a, um, a physics teacher and physicist, I think it's physics, I might be getting my isms up, out of <laughs> North Carolina, but he traveled the country, fished like 300 something days a year for 50, 40 something years, something crazy. Anyway, his his mantra is the deep is the home of the fish. And yeah. he used spoon plugging, which is, this is a spoon plug. Oof. And so it's a metal crankbait.
0: Uh-huh. It is
1: a, it is a, it looks like a spoon. Yeah. Your regular spoon, but it also looks like back in the day they called them plugs. It's got the lip. So what's neat about it, now this is the, his his method of fishing, his technique is mainly trolling centric. So okay. this is, for, first and foremost, is a trolling bait. And so it can get down to depth, and it stays at that depth. So it's not All like right. a, a regular crankbait where you got to throw it down there and reel it down because, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. you miss it. You throw yeah. it out there, it sinks to the bottom, and then you do your thing. Now there's a casting components, all that, but this 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 some, but sure don't cast like a potato chip. It <laughs> casts like the bag the potato chips came in. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, but it's not a regular crank that You don't have to full send. You right. just got to get it down because it's going to sink anyway. Yep. But what I love about Buck Perry and what's been the, one of the things that's helped me the most since I found him about fishing. Is is fish behavior and movement, and you you touched on it earlier about depending on the time of year, there's stop signs everywhere for those fish to come up, and it's all structure related. But the stop signs are are the brush piles, the stump, the the rock pile, the the shell bed. Mm-hmm. Those are the stop signs, but the way they get, to the, but that highway is the actual structure and stuff. So yep, it's a wealth of knowledge to learn about uh, finding fish, you know, technique wise, that's an argument people can have, but when it comes to, to, you know, breaking down a topo map and structure, it, it really is amazing. It's helped me a ton. Oh yeah. So, But I was just curious cause you said that earlier and it kind of touched on a couple of things that he brings up. Um, Tell us about the rods. Tell us about the, yeah. the rod designing and then get into some of the specifics on rods. Obviously, a lot of people get confused with action and, and power and all that. But, but talk uh, talk to us about designing a rod. What what does that look like? How long does it take when you go from hey, you know what, I need a rod to do this? Yeah, what is the process to get from what that what's in your your ADH mind? Yeah, <laughs> it blank to getting it. To getting it molded and getting the eyes on it, and you going out to fish it.
0: Well, okay, so working for Alf Angler, which is a direct-to-consumer company that really was like a garage startup, right? Working for Jake Boomer, the owner, and his father, who's the president, a general manager. I don't, I don't know what uh what title <laughs> Steve holds, but see, I have no Steve's idea what my boss
1: is called yeah it's hard
0: so it's it's like dad and el presidente is kind of <laughs> like what i call them like steve is is jake's dad and we all call, like we who work for him call him dad and uh and and jake it was like jake's concept and idea and steve keeps us all organized in check and in check right you. and where's alpha angler out of spokane washington so okay. like Brandon and Jake are really, really good friends because they live about 30 minutes apart. Like Brandon lives way up north in Idaho, like way up in that tall, skinny part near Coeur d'Alene. And Jake lives just over the Idaho-Washington border in Washington in Spokane Valley. So anyway, to answer your question, uh, I work for a man that has this insane wealth of knowledge. Um, he's studied his craft for tons and tons of years and, and he was just doing this out of his garage for his buddies and for himself and the tournament fishermen that he knew locally, um, for a long time before he actually started the company. And what we do is we kind of look and source and try to find, the best blanks for any specific technique, and, and we use that blank maker. And it might be North Fork Composites, or it might be uh, like uh, Patriot. Or we we find wherever the blank is is in the universe out there. We find the blanks that we really like, and then we start to tweak them. And if you order a blank that might be seven foot ten inches long, and you're trying to build a seven foot rod. You obviously have to get 10 inches off of it. So you got to figure out where do you want to take that out? So first you got to find a blank that you like that, that will get the job done. And, and that really is Jake's like niche. I mean, Mm -hmm. he is a wealth of knowledge in that area that um, Brad Loomis, um, you know, son of famed Gary Loomis, G Loomis. um, He makes like 80 or 90% of our blanks. Um, and Brad, Brad's pretty good. Like we can call Brad and be like, Hey, we're looking for something that does this do. Is there something in your lineup? And, and we have a really, really close working relationship with Brad. Um, so that's very helpful. And so Jake, Jake already knows where a lot of these blanks exist. We have a good relationship with a a blank designer, um, um, And and that's really where it starts is you go from concept to find the blank and then you start tweaking it. Um, And by tweaking it, I mean like take an inch off the top, add it to the bottom and vice versa. And and you begin to kind of find where the section of the rod will best perform the duty that you want it to. And sometimes you think a rod should be seven foot in concept and it turns out to be 6'10 or 7'3 by the time you're done with it. Um, because in the testing phases and going through prototyping, you know, we as anglers can kind of formulate what we like as individuals and start to give feedback there. But we also give a lot of feedback in terms of like what we think everybody else wants. Like the guy in Maine doesn't want the same thing as the guy in Louisiana and the guy in Louisiana doesn't want what the dude on clear Lake is going to want. So like, we have to be able to give feedback that's real specific to us and where we live and where we fish and what we do um but we also have to give a lot of feedback in terms of like what we think the general population who's going to purchase these rods really wants and i may set up a 611 skipping rod way different than Polynex sets it up and it, and in most cases we tend to be the antithesis of each other um I set up rods like Bailey calls it the equation, right? Him and Andrew have worked that out. I used to, I used to call it something different, but in hanging out with those guys, I've, I've adopted their lingo and, um, I I set up my equation way different. My rod reel line, your rod reel line and hooks for that bait all play into what makes up your equation. And and I set my stuff up way different than Brandon. Mm. Um, and uh, that's good. It's nice to have many people on a team that have differing perspectives. And that's really what prototyping is like after we go from concept to finding the parts when we're going through and going through all the test phases, that's, that's something big. And, Sometimes things don't have to go through a test phase. Boomer gets it right, right off the bat. Um, The first rod I, I, that we ever released that uh, was my concept. Jake hit it on the head immediately. I sent him three rods that I wanted him to mold together. And Mm. we had a lot of conversations um, about them and what I liked about each and every one. And some of the things that I needed the newest concept to have. And um, I mean, he hit that one on the, in the head, like, and it was built in three months or less. Um, mm. And as soon as I got it, it's our number one selling rod today. And I still wouldn't change a thing about it.
1: What rod um, is that? And what's that? What is it technique specific?
0: So it's called the top hammer. It's a seven foot medium. Um, it's a graphite rod that ha- does not have a split grip. It has a short uh, nine inch Full EVA handle. And uh I originally wanted it for two things. Um, I wanted to be able to throw big topwaters, like a one ten to 150. And I wanted to throw them on braid, and I wanted to be able to huck them a mile for smallmouth, and I wanted to be able to fish big topwaters really fast. Um, and the other thing I wanted is I wanted to like jerk Walking jerkbait.
1: walking style baits. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I wanted to fish real fast for smallies. And uh the other thing I wanted it for was deep dive and jerk baits. So I needed a rod that could be on braid for one technique on floral for another, um, cast a one and a half ounce or maybe not one and a half, but one and a quarter ish ounce top water plug. And then throw the bait in fishing that flies almost as bad as that buck Perry through the air, the stinking (laughs) big lipped (laughs) jerk bait. Right. Yeah, Yeah. So like I needed something, that did, did multiple things. And it had, so it had to be weird. It had to be unique. It had to do things. Um, and the first time I took it out and fished both of those baits in that day, um, you know, I knew it was perfect, but then since a lot of people have really found a lot of other uses for that rod and it's kind of just exploded. I have, uh, I, 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 I have some prototypes of what the next one will be. So I, I have a seven, four medium heavy. Um, so if any of you guys are watching, you should message the Alpha angler accounts so that I can send those along to Boomer to be like, <laughs> we need to push this rod through because I've been begging him for like a year now. Um, but uh, I, I think there's a, a big need for, for a lot of the skews that we don't have. And, you know, we like to make sure things are perfect and, you know, I, I'm, I'm impatient cause I want all my cool stuff to be out there to share with everybody. And Jake likes to make sure everybody's ready for it. So, you know, maybe well, so, we can put a little pressure on him. Maybe we can't.
1: So it, you bring up a, a good point. I, I, I'm a kayak angler. Bailey's a kayak angler, right? We're, we're not rolling around. We can't put 50 rods in the boat. Um, if I wanted to, I could put, eight and then i could put 20 rods in my kayak if i wanted to (laughs) but i would they would be i would i would probably get so frustrated and pissed off i would load my shit up and go home or throw shit in the fucking water that's no lie i would never do that but i need stuff that has to be versatile so i you Mm -hmm. know i need to have a chatterbait rod that if it's a bluebird sky and 95 degrees in July, I'm going to go take a 10 inch worm and throw it on brush piles or, you know, 25 foot of water. I'm going to cut the damn chatterbait off and go fish that, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I need to have stuff that's like that. And the rod that you're describing is a, is something that's been, so we're just now getting into me starting to be able to crank less than, or deeper than like six foot. And so okay. I have a, um, I, I had a Carolina castaway okay. cranking rod. And now yeah. most of my shit's old. So like it's a okay. six ten rod back in the day when I bought two thirds of my stuff was a long ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the rod. It did, it, it did what it needed to, but the butt was short. And so when I would get, when I would, when I was cranking 15, 18 feet, I couldn't get leverage with the butt. Mm-hmm. Well, then I got a Falcon that's the same thing. And I've got two points I'm making here, I promise. One, I got a Falcon that's the same um, same action and, and tilt, right? It's medium-moderate. Well, that one, I'm looking at it, and the Carolina Castaway says cranking rod. So I never want to take it away from cranking because it's cranking rod. I'm like, you know what? Because, you know, I'm weird with shit like that. But I see the rod, and it's shorter. Well, the Falcon has a longer handle to it. I've been using the Falcon as my topwater. And my favorite topwater to throw is the biggest spook or the, the, the junior. The, mm-hmm. I want to throw the big two ones. Because I like to fish topwater from a mile away. I want to throw that bitch as far as I can. I like to, you know, do all that stuff. So, I switched them up this year. And... This past tournament we had on Saturday, I felt more comfortable throwing and reeling the top order on that on the other rod and and then the cranking but the second point I'm gonna make is this being versatile and being able to do different stuff right is not all rod blanks are the same if they're media moderate because mm-hmm. both of these are media moderate, and mm-hmm. that damn castaway is is like it's like a fucking rubber band man i mean that thing just <laughs> it has and you know what after fishing um the crankbaits on the falcon it doesn't have as much bend in it but mm-hmm. i ca- i casted my crankbaits better because i because i can i'm i cast really hard <laughs> yeah and so that castaway ride it, it would load up and I would sling it too damn hard. You know, I was always always dealing with a little bit of loose line. Switching it up changed everything, but I could tell a difference in how those rods played with the cr- when the crankbait was on the bottom and when the fish were on the rods. I know there's no standard and it's blank to blank. But is is it really just like is that it do you know people that try a bunch of different rods and you have Oh, Is it yeah. really finding that that medium moderate or that medium matter? Of, I got medium heavies from the early two thousands. I was still fishing. and those motherfuckers are broomsticks. Mm-hmm. And then the medium heavies I got now, because I live fifteen minutes from cashing. so I got some cashing rods. The medium heavies I have now have a lot more give into them than the okay. ones that I've got before. So how does how do you start to kind of dial in the, the right. actions and all that?
0: So. Uh, here's, let me make a couple of points first and foremost, medium power, moderate action, right? All these things are relative to whatever that specific company is producing. And from Alpha Angler to Megabass to Daiwa to Dobbins to G Loomis, Shimano, St. Croix, everything in between it's only like an alpha medium and an alpha moderate action are the only things that are comparable is alpha to alpha Mm, megabass to megabass. And in megabass, sometimes when you go with Levante and then you go with a Rochi series, if you're a Shimano guy, you go X pride and Zodius series. Sometimes that stuff's not even the same, right? right? So the best advice I can give anyone is learn the equation. Learn how certain rods with certain size line while fishing a certain bait that has certain hooks on it, you may have to tweak a part of that equation and you can still use that rod just like you flipped rods and now use them for different things. You can just flip a part of the equation around and you can change a lot because there is no standard rating system. I mean, people ask me, and this is the hardest part, so... I run not just social media for Big Bass Dreams, but I do for Alpha Angler, too. So if you ever have a customer service question and you DM Alpha Angler, you're talking to me. And the hardest part of my job is trying to get people to understand that, like, I am guessing when I'm trying to talk to you and I am making very, very general statements. And most of the time, I'm not really giving you much of an answer because only you truly know what you feel and what these products that you want them to do can do, because I don't fish at the pond or the lake that you fish at. And I don't probably throw the same rod rod or reel in line. So like, and you might say chatterbait, but you know what? I have five different brands of chatterbaits in my boat and they all, the reason I have them all and use different trailers on all of them is because I want them all to do something different. Mm. So like, You like the best thing that you can do is have experience throwing a bait on the the same bait, same rod, change the line size, go 10, go 15, go 20. Learn how that changes stuff. Um, Start with a small bait, same line size, throw a bigger bait, like stop reading the the ratings on these freaking rods stop reading the technique specific stuff that this crap is for and put some stuff to the test and mess with the equation for yourself like and i don't care like okay so i i use all of the best line when i'm fishing tournaments right but like what, although, I, although,
1: what is the best line? Tell us what the best
0: line is in your opinion. Well, in my opinion, like if I'm using fluorocarbon for 99 out of a hundred things, I'm using Seaguar Tatsu. And when I'm not, I'm probably using defiant line. That's bigger sizes than the Tatsu. And like, so I'm using like 29.8 pound Defiant or 35 mm. pound defiant leader, or but nine times out of 10 or more, I'm, I'm using Tatsu and, and if I'm using Floro, so like, but I don't use like ivory spool rods with Stren and triline mono all the time to mess with stuff, like buy some cheap crap, mess around, go to Walmart, I was about to ask clean you, them I was out. about to
1: ask you if you still had, if you still had oh, yeah. and used Big game traveling big game because oh, yeah that shit is in fucking destructible,
0: oh well, Matt Robertson throws eighty percent of his crap on that
1: you know like, pooh I'll tell you what all right quick quick, quick side note I had a ten year hiatus from fishing mm-hmm. two thousand two thousand um eight or well yeah, so into two thousand eight to two thousand nineteen. I, I, I got back into fishing. Well, actually, I got back into fishing in November of 2020. Okay. And so, can you imagine those 11 years of not really fishing what I missed? Swim baits. I had no idea what the hell what the hell uh, A-Rig was. I, like, cool. <laughs> fluorocarbon. I'm like, what the fuck is fluorocarbon? I'm like, I got Trilene XLT and Big Game. What the fuck? I need $30 yeah. spool, 150 yards of yeah, well, I, that's stupid. You know, I I, I I didn't wasn't quite sure what a chatterbait was. You know, what the, hell, yeah. what the hell's a whopper plopper? What the, <laughs> is this a joke? You know, that's the kind of stuff I ran into. And my rods were, were completely different on that. But there was a huge gap in there that I had to really, but again, ADHD, you know, I'm 110% focused on one thing, diving in and getting it. And I got there. But the oh shit I've got fucking point I was making. Go ahead. Anyway, that that's the point is there's a big difference in in how stuff went uh, back in the day to what it is now. Oh, it's technique specific. Mm-hmm. The point I was getting that. kayak anglers can be technique specific, but they need a rod that can do two or three different techniques.
0: Yeah, sure. and
1: and so it's it's you know I I think being able to to try different rods and, and to see what works. Because again, I like to... I, I cast hard. I want to cast a long way. I'm not good at skipping. I'm not good at flipping and pitching. Like that shit, it seems simple, right? It's close quarters. I'm not good at that. I'm not an accurate caster. Okay. But if you want to send some shit way the fuck out there, that's what I like to do. So <laughs> I can't have... I can't have a rod that's that's too stiff. It doesn't do what I want it to do, or I can't have a rod that has too much flex, right, in it, or it ends up, you know, selling it to it looks like a damn Jeff Bezos sent a rocket up, and you know I'm over here dealing with a bird's nest. But I, you know, I've had I've had to find rods since I started back fishing that really lent to me my style of fishing, which is casting casting like I ain't got no sense. So well, you brought up good points about really you know you fuck what the numbers in the letter say and, and yeah. find the rod that works for your style of fishing.
0: You really do. And like I'll I'll say this is uh when you start to get comfortable with uh thinking you really like something um, because I, I I've been there. Like I when I when I was fishing in like 2017, I thought I really knew what I loved. Um, and and I had no trouble like telling people that I was pretty sure I was right about like <laughs> what things should be right. So you're thinking I an absolute? Yeah, I this was right. Yeah. So, and and I told you, I don't do that anymore. And this is why is I started to realize that like, it's okay to have a preference and think that, think that, you know, what's up because we we're in this game of fishing where confidence is king. Right. But you have to understand too, that like, just because it works for you doesn't mean that it's right. It Mm -hmm. just means it's right for you right now. Um, Now, if if along the way you're able to be open minded, um, you're going to find that there are other things that may seem right. Because when you change rod brands and then you change the line and you use the same lure by a different brand and all these things come together, that might be right for you right now too. And you may find out that that's even more right later. And, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. And and it's, I I say this because I want to tell you guys that when I was fishing for Daiwa, Daiwa rods a few years ago, when I first got in with alpha, because they were doing some amazing things and making me some cool shit. Um, I, I immediately wanted them to change a couple of the rods that I was like sold weren't right. (laughs) And, uh, so they, they were like real patient with me and they like, (laughs) they made a few of them and they messed around with others. And, and now after using them to, this is 2022, I've got almost five full years in on them. A 99% of what they make and have made is right. Um, now, for me, um, what like fishing can be very cyclical and you can come back around and learn if you're open minded that. Like the perfect rod doesn't exist, you have to understand the perfect way to set up the equation and alpha does some really exceptional things and like I'm not going to go into a sales pitch and tell you guys what I believe those things are. But what I am going to do is try to educate you guys on the fact that, like, if you're open minded and experienced and you put in the time with your equipment and you Mm -hmm. try things that are outside of your comfort zone, you're going to learn what's right for you at this time. And you're going to get better at it the more you screw around with that. and that. That That's really that's what's right. important. And if if you want to design rods for a company or you want to give good impact as a sponsee, as a promoter, as an influencer to the companies that partner with you and support you, that's one of the things that you have to do is you have to get good at not just fishing the way you like to do it, but you got to go and screw around with crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, I I think it's made me more well versed in this passion that we all have. And and that's what I think is really, really important is is a is a good holistic understanding of everything that's going on around us. And mm-hmm. you can't really do that from a narrow-minded focus. You have to be willing to tinker. And you gotta like be in the lab and blow your eyebrows off at some point. And you gotta like break shit. And mm-hmm. um it, it's part of it if you are as passionate about fishing as you claim to be, then you got to go and screw up a bunch and you have to screw up on purpose sometimes. And then you have to screw up, not on purpose and tell people it was on purpose. And (laughs) it, you gotta, you gotta fart around. I mean, you got to tinker. If you really want to learn, you got to tinker and, I mean, like, I don't claim to be the smartest dude in the room, and it's probably one of the things that's going to help me one day be one of the smartest dudes in a room is I don't think I am. And, uh, you know, I just, I want to learn. I'm never mm. done learning, and that it's helpful. It's helpful mm. to have that
1: mindset. On Bass and Brews, if you want to put a sales pitch in here and sell some rods, we, we, we would be more than glad Here's- to give you a spot for free we are looking for sponsors in the future. So if you can sell some shit on here tonight for nothing, what better way to test it out?
0: Here's the thing. Hold on.
1: Secondly, secondly, the other thing I have to say is you, you and I come at coming at this from trying different things and messing up and trying stuff from, from the standpoint of, of a competitive side of it. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're always looking for that edge, how, Oh yeah. uh, How little we can get. And, and we probably fish more than the average angler. Right. And so what I would say uh, with that is, is we have an opportunity and we also have the willingness to, to buy a rod and say, I might not like this bitch, but I'm going to give it a try. Uh And, and if you don't like it, then it either goes in the corner and you yard sell it or, you know, Facebook. But, but a lot of folks aren't in that boat that in that mindset or in that, you know, financial standpoint where they can just try a bunch of rods. I'm not a gearhead by any means. I I try to find as much information I can and compare it to what I've used to get those rods. But, you know, find people to fish with on the bank in a kayak on, on their bass boat, find other people to fish with. And I don't, I don't let, anybody borrow my shit but if i'm on a boat with my buddy and i'm like and you know we're talking gear or something whatever i'm gonna ask him you know hey man can i try this this combo let me i want to see this rod or if i got something if we're you know we're doing a technique i'm like hey man yo what are you doing and blah 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 well try this use use the the connections you have to fish to to help you Start to dial in what what gear you like, because it's expensive to just go out and buy a bunch of shit. You know, you're talking about 150, 250, 400 dollar rods. You know, you buy that, most people are like, shit. I don't give a fuck this rod. I I hate this rod. I paid 300 for it. I'm using it. Use yep. the folks. Use your circle that you fish with to to test out stuff, because most people are going to let you unless you're a fucking idiot. If you're an idiot then you know what? Go use your Zevco 33 on, on your pistol grip and, and be happy that they let you on their boat.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, okay. So really quick, let, let me say one thing is one of the ways that, that I continue to learn. And, and one of the big things that I've kind of learned along the way is even though I help come up with concepts, design test, mess around, constantly provide feedback as even if it's being annoying to our owner at alpha, (laughs) I have out of the probably 85 rods in my house, I would say 20 of them aren't alpha anglers. Um, Because I'm still, I'm buying and selling all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have a $550 diowestes that is one of the most sought after models of dio Um, Um, because I had to figure out, I couldn't, like, I had to figure out what it was all about. You know, I, I I wanted to test it. I wanted to use it. Um, you know, I have an $800 Roman made swimming, swim bait rod. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah, like, (laughs) because so here's the thing is like, I want to learn. And to me, like I paid how many thousands of dollars to go to college for not four years, six because Van Wilder was having a good time while he was there. Um, what was your degree in? <laughs>
1: side side note, keep your other thought. What was your degree in, and where'd you go?
0: Um, so I went to East Stroudsburg, which is a st- state university in Pennsylvania. Um, I have a dual degree in phys- physical education and health education.
1: Oh um, shit! So you 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 and Beanie and Frank Polifroni. Need to start y'all's own y'all's own <laughs> pe pe yeah. fishing classes. Uh, yeah, y'all three yeah. need to get together and make that shit happen to be wonderful.
0: Yeah, yeah, we should. And like, and you'd think I'd be a model of perfect health, but I'm definitely <laughs> not. Um, but uh, you know, I'm a fisherman. <laughs> well, what mountain, can I say? I know Aaron
1: Mountain no Dew mount, and nicotine keeps you skinny.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Like so. Anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I've, I spent how many thousands of dollars on a college education? And to me, I view this as the same thing. It's money well spent. Because mm-hmm. if I use it for a couple of months and I learn from that, and if it's a $550 rod and I resell it for $450, I mean, for a hundred bucks, I got enjoyment out of it. I know more, and it may lead to me making more money down the road, like whether it be you know for in whatever way I do later. Um, who knows what what tomorrow yeah. will bring but education it's yeah. it's worth the money. you're in the industry and so what mm-hmm. you're doing
1: is 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 homework all the time. I mean- yeah, that's what you're doing and that's that's different than the average person that's going to be out there. Yeah. But but the people that I know that are what I would call semi-serious anglers. Mm-hmm. So they they love to fish, they fish once a week uh April through September, October. Uh they might fish a little tournaments, non-boater, kayak here or there, you know, they're, they 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 they're your average angler. Mm-hmm. those guys still know people that buy $500 rods uh-huh. and and everybody's like, Oh my God, you don't need a $500 rod well, until you pick up that $500 rod and you drag a jig or you drag a drop shot over some rock or some shell, And you can tell like, that, that's the thing is, and now do they need a $500 rod? They probably don't, but could they step up from the 89 99? But, but this is
0: $1. my point is there's idiots like me selling these, all over the internet. Yeah. Like there, people have at at discounts, like, like the only reason I can sell that rod for $450 is because you can't buy that model anywhere. (laughs) Typically the depreciation is a solid 35 to 45% after the first owner sells it. So like, I mean, if this, if we're talking a seven, two medium, heavy, fast action, all purpose jig and worm rod, like, That thing's going to depreciate 45%. So now $550 rod, you can scoop up for 300 bucks. And like, so that being said, a $200 rod, you can scoop up for $110. Mm -hmm. So like it's out there if you want to put in the time, like the learning experience doesn't have to be on the grandiose scale that I'm doing it. Right. Like, right. you but can that's you the point can,
1: I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah. that's the point. Hey, so, quick, real quick, how the fuck is a PE major so good at math? That was uh, really quick. I'm impressed. I, <laughs> I'm impressed. I, I think you chose your own fucking major. You should have been in science or math or arithmetic. So whatever.
0: so my father is a veterinarian, <laughs> my mom's an attorney, my brother and my brother is a doctorate in, in uh mathematics, and he's an engineer. <laughs> and uh my sister <laughs> Has a doctorate in like biology or exercise <laughs> fizz and I fish for a living. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> I've got so. eighteen jobs in the fishing industry. Yeah, for a right. Living.
0: Yeah, but, but mean, that's
1: that's yeah. I I get it, man. Everybody in my family is or has been a teacher. Yeah. Um, I was I was the even though I we all grew up in the country. I was the you know the fish hunt outdoors, you know, people have snakes in the yard. They called me to come get those bitches. Uh squirrels in the attic. They're like, come come help me get the squirrels out the <laughs> yeah, attic. Right? And you know, uh, usually you had enough for damn squirrel purlo by the weekend. I mean it was just good times. It was good yeah. times. I, I get you. I get you. I feel you.
0: <laughs> I ain't slowing down man. I I got I got I mean I have three thousand square feet to myself and uh <laughs> I got you know and I I, I ain't stopping like Uh, I'm 36 and I, I like to do what's on my agenda and uh, I, I'm not going to stop fishing and in, I'm not going to stop pursuing this passion. Um, Well, you're in the industry. You're where a lot of people
1: uh, wish they could be. And, 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 and I say this, this is a whole different conversation. I say this with, uh, the most disrespect I can is that most people want to be in the fishing industry are too fucking scared to leave what they're doing, which they probably hate to take a chance to get into the fishing industry, or they're too fucking lazy to want to do the work to get to that point. Outside of that, what kind of boat are you in?
0: I run a Phoenix. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I, I like, uh, so being that I fish Lake Ontario, um mm. I, I like aka big water. Yeah, the big O, right? So if people can call uh Okeechobee the big O all they want, um it it's not. Um I know it gets big, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Florida Yeah shot fired! but it's not. It's not a great Okeechobee's not one of the Great Lakes. Um so <laughs> literal like, Great Lakes. So it uh I like the the Phoenix because uh, the PHX models, whether it be the 19, 20, 21, they, they have a, a hull that disperses big waves really well. And, and you can still run like three to three and a half footers, 60 miles an hour, like pedal all the way down, just trim down, and it'll chop those waves down really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's no... I mean, so I I just, I love that boat. Um, I'm pretty married to Phoenix. They've taken care of me for the last few years, and it it would be hard-pressed. Like, I, I, uh, yeah, I I couldn't stop. I love that. I love that bitch. (laughs) 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 And that's
1: why, and that's why, and that's why, Women at the bar are like this this man all he did was talk about his boat the whole time. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. I mean, there's a reason I have like <laughs> 2800 to 3000 square feet to myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah.
1: so we 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 got a really good lesson on on big swim baits. Mm-hmm. We we got some good information on rides. Your your social media, you you have your social media. Yeah, you have um 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 Alpha Angler social media. Yeah, you got Big Bass Dreams, which you yeah. do the, the YouTube with. Mm-hmm. You know, on, on Bass and Brews, this Alex built this podcast yeah. off of content creators, right? And and so that that's our focus, and that's why we never ever ever have a hard time ever getting somebody on to this podcast that's good in front of a camera and has something to talk about because everybody that we, we bring on here has some kind of social media presence. Yeah. You have a huge one. (laughs) If you step outside of your personal is big, but if you start to go through all those streams, talk to us about, talk to us about how, how folks uh, and you mentioned it earlier about interacting, giving feedback (sighs) and stuff. Talk about the social media side of it. I mean, I I can keep asking this question for the Uh next 10 minutes, Uh but I'm going to shut the fuck up and let you answer. Just talk about social media. How about that? I mean, let's make it easy.
0: So Where's Alex
1: swinging dating? Sorry, ass short bastard.
0: So I started doing Instagram kind of late, like, and it was because, I hated social media for so many years. Um, and I had my best friend just bugging me and bugging me and bugging me. You need Instagram, dude. And I'm like, what do I need it for? I don't like social media. And I got on Instagram and I was like, this is the coolest stinking app ever. Like, And I realized all the professional fishermen that I follow, we're posting way more on this on Instagram than they were on Facebook. Um, I realized that um, there were tons of influencers out there that I had never stinking heard of on Facebook just because they hadn't come up on searches or in just conversation. And I was missing out on this like whole world. Um, So I started, and, and like, I think I've probably only had Instagram for four and a half years, maybe. Mm. Um, like I, I just, I got into it cause it was a necessary evil. And then I got excited about it. These days I kind of have like a love hate relationship with it. Like today I realized that like some of the things that I've been doing for years on some of the accounts that I run, you can't do anymore um, like, I went to change something today that I change, like, every other day um, in, in my profile. Um, and you can only change the link twice in two weeks now in your bio. And I was like, oh, sweet. Glad I knew that because now I, I got to change how I've been running accounts. And but I, I, OK, Weird. so I went into There's this big be a bot thing. It's just, it is, it's trying to avoid like people growing to millions without actually having millions, but of followers. But anyway, so (laughs) I went on that rant to make this point. And the point is that I can't do the same freaking thing every day and it does keep me on my toes and You know, I'm Italian. I like to bitch and complain a little sometimes. So (laughs) it gives me something to bitch and complain about. Like, so, I mean, if if you catch me in a bad mood, I'm going to tell you I do social media because even though I hate it. And the fact of the matter is, is I don't hate it. I, I hate bits and pieces of it. But as a whole, like, I have ADHD, like it is undiagnosed, but I am sure of it. I like visual stimulation, you know, and like if it ain't boobies, it better be bass, like, and, <laughs> and that's just the fact of the matter, like. So I mean,
1: <laughs> oh, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> mark. That's that's a snippet. That's a snippet.
0: So <laughs> I it and it's the truth. Like, I, there are some people that like to read. There are some people who, um, you know, they have other senses that really closely relate them to memories or stimulate them and, you know, to remember certain things or to do certain things. Dude, I can remember lines from movies that I've seen and heard one time, and it's something about YouTube and Instagram. I, I remember that shit. And like, I remember riding in the car with my mom listening to the radio when I was like nine years old. And I remember that this radio station used to play like five second clips from movies and I'd always get them like that because I can, I can put myself in those scenes, pictures on Instagram stimulate like my memory. And like, I remember that shit and Instagram reels make that even easier because now they're adding auditory into that visual stimulation. And, and YouTube does the same freaking thing for me. Like, I remember movies and, like, I remember where I was sitting when I watched that movie. Like, I, I mean, I'm just very visually stimulated and it stimulates other parts of my mind. And so I, I love Instagram. I haven't got into TikTok because it's a heck of a lot of work with all the accounts that I run on Insta, but it. I mean, I'm all for it. I like that people say it's the wild, wild west, like, and I know I'm getting behind by not having started like one yet. Um, it, it, it's, it's a cool, fresh idea that I'm all for. Um, it's, it's hard to do everything. Like I don't have my own YouTube channel, you know, I, I use BBD and you know, I have some shoots planned and within the next like six weeks that'll hopefully give me some really high production value content from the Northeast that is swim bait related. Um, and that'll probably spark the launch of my own YouTube channel. But we're going to share that stuff on BBD, too. And mm-hmm. I mean, I I love it all. Like, I, I want to be able to do it all. I'll probably be forever single because, like, I don't I can't stop, won't stop. Like, I, I just, I, I love everything about all the aspects of, of the fishing industry and, and social media is what helped me get kind of my foot in the door and continues to help me stay somewhat relevant to some corners of the industry. So,
1: well, you know, we've seen, we've seen a shift, a major shift from professional anglers, And content creators and sponsorships. Oh, yeah. A heck of a big shift. And there's still a lot of room for good content creators to make a name for themselves out there.
0: Uh, There's there's a lot of
1: room for that to happen.
0: It's not going to be long before... Uh, Content creators that do high-level production value, even if it's just photography, Um photography, videography, any combination of the two, um they're going to be making way more money than elite series mm-hmm. anglers that aren't that aren't heavily involved in content creation.
1: And, and money can't... and money from the fishing, not not just from YouTube. We're talking about they're going to be paid. Oh take no, the no, yeah, oh, yeah of, no,
0: I wasn't talking the YouTube at all. Fishing
1: industry, yeah, then the professionals will um and, and i can't remember what podcast it was uh, it it's been a month month 6 or 8 weeks ago i was listening to them they said and they were talking about this specific topic um who sells more baits and they said at this point in time is still tournament anglers and it was right after the Santee event um where uh uh uh, uh christy won with the what the hell was it he was throwing the, the frog thing Anyway, doesn't matter. Like, when, when somebody wins a big event on mm-hmm. a specific lure, they name yeah. it, and, and Tackle Warehouse, all these people sell out of that shit. Right. And so, but that is, is changing. But there's a new damn platform that comes up every two years mm-hmm. that that takes over and wipes out. And, you know, you might have an Instagram superstar who misses the boat on the on the tic-tac or whatever's next, <laughs> you know, the Joe La Barrera out, you know, yep. whatever it is, and, and that person misses out, but somebody else fills that void. And now right. they're a superstar. You know, I mean the 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 technology age and fishing from the live scope for facing sonar. Um, all the way down to the getting sponsors and getting content creation, uh, the technology has just changed the game. I mean, Jesus. You're talking about getting in the opens. What's, a, what's, a, what's the uh, the per open? $1,800. $1,800. 220 boats sold out every damn, every damn, I mean, that's insane, though. And gas is, and gas is like $6 a gallon. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's, there's, it, it, it's crazy the amount of attention you can bring to it. But again, bass, bass fishing is is minuscule compared to any other. the The most famous bass anglers are less famous than a bench player in the NFL. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, Kevin Van Dam. I could probably go talk to 90% of people from where I grew up and ask them who Kevin Van Dam is. They wouldn't have a fucking clue. And they're in a town of 700 people. Mm-hmm. Country town. But you go ask them an a NFL player that played at, at Clemson who who played two years in the league eight years ago, and they probably know his stats.
0: Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing, too, is is and this goes along with what you said prior to making that point is – but if you ask their kids who the Googans are, they might know it's yeah. it, we're seeing a shift. And that that's, right. that's the major point is we're we're seeing a, a dramatic shift where Roland Martin and Bill Dance and um, they were so stinking popular because they were winning and winning was everything in the Rick Clon era, in the Roland Martin era, you know, like winning Pardon me. Was everything, mm. and winning's not everything anymore.
1: Um, not at all. I mean, well, Ken Ken Wood says that Roland Martin was the most dominant angler to ever fish. Not the most win. He, did, he Kevin Van Dam's the winningest. But if you look at, at how Roland bad. Martin, he won, kicked
0: everybody's butt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the other thing is, people forget about Hank Parker only fished for like three or four years, but. Mm. He won everything in like five years. Yep. Everything to win. He won. He didn't want to do that anymore and got into TV. Yep. But, but we're talking about Hank, Roland, Jimmy, and 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 um um uh Bill. Clun. Oh Bill, yeah, yeah. Bill not not Clun. What mm-hmm. did those four do? TV. Oh yeah. TV the social media side is the new TV. Those guys quit competitive angling to yep. do TV. And, and that was, that was a big shift during that time too. But, but again, at that time there was, there was only room for those four or five guys. Yeah. Now, there's room for millions.
0: Yep. There is. And it, it'll be, It'll be interested to see how that pizza pie gets broken up, because yep. um, the structure of of how people will will be uh, served dinner, so to speak, is is going to change. But here's here's what I believe, and and I, I like I don't mean to take us off on a topic for too long, so I'll try to be brief. Is there oh, this bass of bruise? We got anywhere I know.
1: between an hour and fifteen and four hours. So yeah. you take your time. So,
0: I'll try to be kind of brief, but like I don't subscribe to what most people would would call uh, scarcity theory. And I don't believe that like if I take one of eight slices out of a pizza, that that only leaves seven left for everybody else. Okay, we we work in this very egotistical fight for your life, so to speak, uh, industry, the fishing industry. So many people who are fighting for sponsors, trying to make a name for themselves, believe that if somebody else gets that sponsorship and takes those dollars, then there's less for me. <laughs> and I don't subscribe to believing this because here's what I believe, is I believe that if all of us do a really good job, the pie will get better. You know, the pie gets bigger. And and I, I don't believe that, Anyone else is taking away from my dinner at any point. I never, ever feel that way. Um, now, I can't say I've always felt that way because I was one of those people I'm talking about prior to getting a really good lesson in, in life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a whole nother story. But what I came to understand is that the better job that all of us do We're not going to run out of marketing dollars. If we all kick ass, we're going to sell more product. More people will start fishing. And there will be a larger dinner buffet for all of us. We're not taking away from each other at any point. Um, There is no scarcity of marketing dollars. If all of us that marketing our marketing and promoting are doing a good freaking job. Um, so I, I don't, I, I think it's important to kind of understand that is this industry is going to continue to explode, right? If all of us are, are good ambassadors and promoters and not just good ambassadors of fishing, but of being outdoorsmen, of being good people, of being good teachers there's a uh, being good conservationists. There's a lot of non endemic facets of the outdoor industry that we can get into and that we can make the dinner buffet expand. But if we spend all our fucking time watching about watching what everybody else is freaking doing, the, the, the dinner buffet, the um, it's quantity will stay scarce. Um, yeah. So I think it's really important to note that like if we all do a good job on YouTube and all of the future social media platforms, I believe, I believe there's plenty of money out there that we, I mean, it's like we use 10% of our brains. I think a, a lot of us are only tapping 10% of what's available out there. Um, there are so many companies that are willing To join up with anglers who are more than anglers. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I, like all there was, was fishing when Bill and Hank and Roland were doing it. That there wasn't a lot of, that was it. And novelty lures. And novelty lures. That was it. But like, you know, outdoor shows now, I mean, like, like Gerald Swindle is getting asked to go do talks at high schools about, you know, PMA positive mental attitude. Um, He's, he's going like, there are guys going to talk to all kinds of mm-hmm. conservation groups. Um, There are people who are selling uh truck beds. Now there are guys like, I mean, like the local, the local oil company in my town is asking me if there's some promotional things we can partner up with. Like, There is so much that we are not tapping in terms of being marketable. And, and, and it kills me when people are like, I don't want to help give him a recommendation to get on this staff because I want to keep an extra 10% discount for me. Like, shut up, dude. Like if your friend is a good promoter, he's going to make you look better and there will be more. He ain't won't see
1: it. He ain't won shit no club tournaments. He yeah, just I mean. he just he he just post he just be posting on that face place with mm. all this stuff on it, people liking, but he don't win nothing. And you know, I mean it, Jim Bob over here can't even put a sentence together. And I mean, you know, that's yeah, that's the it, thing is I think this it's open. Yeah, you're right. It has you you touched on you touch on something though about the, the pie aspect of it. There's so you you you're an outlier. You the pie <laughs> is big enough for everybody. Story of my life. <laughs> the pie is the big enough for everybody. But man, when you start getting, it doesn't even have to be a lot of money, but when you start getting free lures or or a 25% discount instead of a 10% discount, you know, when money gets involved, people's people like they're the envy and the jealousy,
0: are, what does that it, mean?
1: yeah, it, it comes to the top. You know how yeah. cream rises to the top well, when yeah, you start putting does money, too. yeah, and when you start putting <laughs> money and fame and all that shit into it as well, people, people, people. The envy and the jealousy rise to the top. I mean, and it's in it's fifty fifty. Kayak nice. angling, kayak angling. I believe is going to be a catalyst for the growth of this sport because bank angling people do now in the Mm -hmm. South, when it gets to be damn July and August, ain't ain't nobody wanting to go sit out there in the hot ass damn sun in North Carolina and fish off the bank. Mm -hmm. But you can get them in a $250 kayak Mm -hmm. to where, they're fishing the same fucking water, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're fishing it from the water to the bank. But yeah. also instead of trying to cast to this stump or this lay down that they can't reach. Now they can take that kayak and get there. And and, and so that, that people always call it the barrier of entry is less to get them on the water. And and I, I've seen it in the last year and a half that I've been kayaking in this area. There are a ton more people in canoes, in kayaks, and stand-up paddle boards that are fishing, and you can tell that they're 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 new to the sport. You can tell mm-hmm. from the gear they have, how they fish, what they're doing. But you know what? It's taken them from. They've got that same gear that they were using on the bank, and now they're out here on the water. They're spending yeah. more time out there, and it's a niche within a niche that a lot more people can relate to than, than you on your Phoenix out in three and four foot rollers going 60 miles an hour. Now, is that cool as shit? Would most people want to do that? You damn, damn right. Yeah. But the chances of them getting to that point are are slim to none. Um, for, for most people.
0: Yeah. Let's be honest. Like you and I, who can't live without fishing, are in the minority, right? That's right. Like, but, uh, yeah. guy, guys like us who have friends that are in the fishing industry, like we're in the minority. We're freaking nuts to like most of the general public, right? Like, like you said before, like if I went into a bar and was talking to a lady, like she does not have any freaking clue what i'm talking about i'm weird right (laughs) so like that being said like you have to know the audience too and i mean that rewinds us all the way back to talking about prototype and rods and test phases and you got to understand who uses the stuff you have to understand what the consumers are in all of these industries and if you want to be a good promoter Like, you have to understand who you're promoting to. What do these people like? How do you make sure you don't turn people off, right? Like, I mean, if people have a problem with OnlyFish as a company or BKK as a company, like, you have to promote to... Um, you know, in, in a certain way that isn't off putting to those people, right? You, you have to understand the audience constantly. And with so many new people in this industry now in the last two years and two months, you have to understand how that has changed the industry Mm. too. And, and I mean, honestly, it's funny. I wish I could go backwards 10 years And and look at myself now, because if you would have told me that I would have grown up and matured in business, matured in my own like responsibilities of life, like and I know all of these things, if you would have told 26 year old me that this is who I would have turned into, I would have been like, you're freaking nuts, man. Like, it's crazy. (laughs) You're smoking crack yeah dude you are on drugs bro <laughs> like, like real drugs real like, drugs yeah the, well, not the, the mushrooms out
1: the cow patties in your mom and dad's right. backyard we talk about crack right. cocaine and the herb like,
0: like so to me like i can't i cannot stress enough that we will see another change like this again in the next 10 years and and mm-hmm you know, we all need to be conscious of what goes on around us. Because if, if you want a place in this industry, like if there is a high school or college angler listening, like the best piece of advice I can give them, or even if there's an adult that is looking to go to the next level, even if that might, you know, I have no idea what they're at and they just want to go to the next level. The best piece of advice I can give you all is, be open minded. Like if you, if you are wearing blinders and going down one single path, you are screwed. Like you Mm -hmm. need, you need to do something a little more unique and you need to try. You you need to open your eyes because there's it. Things will constantly evolve and change. You know,
1: one word comes to mind in the diatribe you just talked about the last, a minute or so what you just talked about, there's one word that comes to my mind. Okay. Passionate. <laughs> if you're passionate and, and so I come from a sales background, right? Yep. If you're passionate, people will trust you because they, they can see that you believe Yeah, they can see that, that you were, you were in there. They can they feed off of that industry off of that energy. Yep. And so, you know, and and there are, uh, I've met passionate people who were assholes who were the most abrasive people I've ever met that nobody liked them, but, but they were passionate and they were knowledgeable. So people listened to them, even though they fucking hated their guts. Yep. But, but passion draws folks in and it gives validity to, to what you spew out of your mouth.
0: Authenticity.
1: So, yeah. Authenticity, passion. And authenticity comes from from being self-aware, right? So yep. uh, EQ, emotional intelligence, um, self-awareness, all that stuff comes from that. And so, but that's hard for a lot of people to put together, uh be, you just have to be it, it all comes down to self-awareness. But anyway, you know, that, that
0: took a lot of yeah. lot of years of therapy for me to get all this self-awareness Paul. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm telling you, man. Look, I I'm the kind of person that that in high school uh I, I got to fish all the little ponds around where I lived. And so people want to go fishing me because I caught fish. And I'm like, okay, we're going, but they they did they weren't committed to going fishing and getting out on the water at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, and staying out there until you know six, seven o'clock in the afternoon. Sissies. Uh, and you know they 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 didn't they wanted to go fish in December when it was colder and fuck, and we weren't catching up no bites <laughs> and stuff, and they 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 like. You know, shivering in the boat. I'm like, I told you before we even came out here. This, I ain't leaving. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't one that people, you know, certain times it was good, but that—that's who I am. I'm, I'm fishing. I, I don't get cold. You know, I yeah. don't. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, all I want to do is fish. My you wife, you come
0: up with me and Andy. We'll we'll get she, you cold fishing.
1: Bitch, I will bring my Crocs, <laughs> transition pants and my down vest. And I will come up there and fish my heart out. I promise mm-hmm. you. I mean, now, look, it'll be 20 degrees here, and I'm in Crocs, no socks, my transition pants, my 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 fishing hoodie, a, a jacket, and a down uh, vest. That's it. Okay. That's it. I love
0: it. <laughs> I'm so, sorry. You know, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, you go oh, shit. Bye. <laughs> this Bass and Bruce, we interrupt everybody. It don't matter. But the uh, but my wife, the, it's been a hell of a damn year fishing in our local tournaments in the kayak so far. The fucking weather's been terrible. Uh, you know, gale force winds, all this shit. She's like, oh, my God, this is supposed to be fun. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, I am. This was us talking on the phone during all this shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, I am having fun. I'm catching fish. I mean, like, I am having fun. You know, that's like
0: it's like that Instagram reel going around where they're using the audio from King of the Hill. And, (laughs) you know, and he's like, he's like the he's like, this is what it's all about. Like being able to get out there for a couple hours on a Saturday or whatever. He's (laughs) like, he's like the the gift is when you actually get to catch a fish. He's like, so I, I, I feel the same way. I mean. You know. there there's nothing that keeps the furnace running like the passion I mean mm-hmm. there are some uh, there's the occasional late January day when we're standing on the streams that it gets to me a little uh Andrew and I had a day in Buffalo in mid to late January this year where I was like Andy it's stinking cold out um <laughs> But, like, that was after, like, six hours of it being in the single digits. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and you know, like, I can take it for six, five, six hours. But, like, we also hadn't moved our feet either. (laughs) Like, we were making the same drift and, like, reeling in, like, the same drift for, like, six hours. yeah. And, like, by the end, I was like, Andy, I think I got to drive home, dude. (laughs) Like, it's been (laughs) too much. Literally, the second we decide to leave, there, there was only one guy there all day. Like, and he showed up at like the warmest hours of the afternoon. He might've been in there 40 minutes. We're driving out. He hooks one. It's the only fish all day. And I was like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Like, <laughs> That's how it happens. But,
1: but, but it's not, it's not the amount it. of time that you stay out there. A lot of times it's just taking the time and making the effort to go out there. And and just, again, it get, you you talked about it's, it's that learning aspect. Yeah. You know, these are conditions. This is what happened. I didn't catch fish, uh, you know, down here for us. I'm not doing any string fishing, but, you know, I'm still scanning. I see fish. They're not biting. You know, are they Are they? Are they bass? I don't know. Are they catfish? But they're there. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it goes down to every opportunity. This is my mindset, and this comes from the competitive edge, and this is how I think. Every opportunity I get to spend on the water, if it's two hours or ten hours, um, I'm practicing. Like I, I don't, I don't fun fish. I never fun fish. I'm always practicing. I'm trying a new technique. I'm trying a new uh, equation setup, uh, as y'all like to call it. I'm trying something new. I'm trying a new lure. Uh, I'm working on grafting or local lakes, I'm trying to find some new stuff. Every time I go out there, it's a it, I'm practicing. It's not fun fishing. I'm practicing. I'm and working I'm baby. <laughs> yeah. And so that's my mindset. Like I, I I fish these little damn stupid ass monthlies because I hate that it makes me feel weird to go out there and fish for five or six hours on a Saturday and have an opportunity to compete and not be competing. Yeah. This shit drives me fucking nuts, man. So I enter these fucking monthlies in and, and sometimes I might get the fish twice and not even yep. enter in five fish. But I that's two times maybe I do catch a hundred inches and win the damn mm-hmm. you know that's that's how I roll with it. It's just that yeah. mentality I play I play sports growing up, man. I will mm-hmm. I wanna beat people's asses. I hope they do good. I just yeah. don't hope they do as good as I do.
0: Yeah, I I, I wanna beat people in the worst way and and i want (laughs) to sounds weird i want to be the best that i can be like i am i am working towards a goal Mm. i'm working in the fishing industry to help support that goal um i go trout fishing for freaking fun because when i am bass fishing i am working babe like right. that is what I am out there doing. Like I am single for a reason because the last one didn't understand that. Like I <laughs> told her, I'm working, honey. Yeah. Like, and, and she was why, like, "No, you're not." <laughs> it,
1: and it's also when your friends want to come with you and oh, they want to talk and yeah. they want to do, you know, and and you're like, <laughs> Look, I got to the point, you know, kayak fishing people like, let's go fish. Let's go fish. Well, kayak fishing is different because we ain't in the same boat. We ain't tied to the same piece of mm-hmm. floating bullshit. And so when I kayak fish, I fish fast. Like yep. I go and I tell people, I've got to the point I started to say, it's like, look, I would, I would love to go out there. We can chit chat, have a little biscuit meeting at the ramp. I said, but I'm not fun to fish with. I, I don't talk. Uh, I'm self deprecating. I cuss oh, yeah. myself. I talk a lot of shit. I talk to myself. I videotape it. So I'm talking to the camera, which yeah. main, mainly I'm talking to myself, Like I'm really not fun to fish with, but we can go.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like We can go, but you know, I'm not going to sit in a place and cast a hundred casts and shoot the shit. Like we might yeah. talk for a few minutes, but I'm going to do my thing. I mean, that's, and 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 it's it's neat when I get to go fish with my buddies who have that same mindset too because we we're we're dialed in. Like we're trying to we ain't catching them. We're like, what the fuck, man? How do we yeah how do we fix this bullshit?
0: Yeah, I mean I got I've had like a number of co-anglers asked to travel with me several times and like I just have to like politely decline. I I can't and it's not because I think I know better. Or I don't want help. It's that you don't fucking want to be around me. Like you don't like, let's be honest. You haven't met me in that mode yet, or you wouldn't no. have asked because we're going to be on know, the boat for
1: 12 hours and I'm going to say, all right, let's move to the next spot. You know I mean? Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, and and I, I don't, I don't uh, until recently, I haven't had the time to freaking train somebody to come along with me and help me. And I haven't been, I haven't felt comfortable enough being like, no, I'm throwing a chatterbait. Put that freaking rod down. You want to go fishing with me. You're going to follow it up with a 10 inch worm. Like if you want, if you want to go out today, like that's what, if you're coming with me, that's how it's going to go because I got work to do. I'm working. Like we didn't come out here so you could do what you wanted while I do what I want. No, like if you're going to come and be a part of this, you need to be a helpful part or stand on the dock and ask somebody else to take you. Like, and I haven't been comfortable enough to do that until like the last like year or so. And I have taken one person out. Um, and I, it was probably a little unfair for him because he got great recommendations from guys I hugely respect. And that's why I took him and I had the greatest time ever with him because he was insanely helpful and I didn't need to teach him anything. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have to teach him how to complement what I was already doing. Like I could see him making those changes when I'd kind of like peek over my shoulder. I could see him doing the things that I needed him to do without telling him to do them. And I was like, oh, "Bless your heart, dude! Like, oh, thank you." Like, and so but, it was great.
1: But you know, we get back after we load up, and we're sitting around truck. I'm going to man hug the shit out of you. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Like, well, like, and he's ripping darts the whole time. I'm ripping <laughs> darts, and it was like, yes, yes. Like, it was perfect. Like, so yeah. I mean, we just like gelled, and but like that's really rare. Like, I have talked yeah. to people who have. It's taken them four to six to 10 years to train some guys up to be actually helpful and like i ain't going through that like because by the time four to six to 10 years goes by hopefully i'll be fishing at a level where i don't have to take <laughs> anybody with me like well, no i'll be doing others. this on my own anyway so it was good training for getting to that point yeah, like yeah. so it, like i, I yeah I don't know. But I don't I, don't I get do it. a lot of fun fishing in the bass yeah. world. Right. Yeah, bass
1: world, I don't fun fish, you know, if we I'll take some stuff out, we'll go crappy fishing with the kids off the dock. But if I'm going to fish for bass, I'm not going fun fishing.
0: I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. I do the month of May um when I when I fish in the state of New York though is the most I mean, that is my fun for the year bass fishing because I never there's no tournaments in May in the state of New York. You're not allowed mm. to small mouth or spawning. Mm. Um, so like if I'm going fishing in May on small mouth waters, I'm just out there to swing as many times as possible. And, dude, I have just as much fun catching a three pounder as a five and a half because mm-hmm. I'm just out there to make swings. But like, I would still say that you're
1: probably still not fun fishing. You're just having a lot more fun fishing.
0: I mean, that is when I will take you. <laughs> that is when I'll take you. Fishing, okay, right? Yeah. Like, but, like
1: yeah.
0: there, that's that, when I like, take
1: my buddies who who like to fish. Fishing is in May.
0: Yeah, because it's it's I yeah. if I go to like so say I go to Cayuga, I'm not usually going there to catch smallies. You can catch huge smallmouth there, but that's not usually why I go. Like if I go to Oneida in may (coughs) i mean bassy like you can't have a tournament until june 15th so the month of may when i'm going there when all the brown fish are on beds like dude you're just there to freaking kick them in the teeth (laughs) like so that is when i'll take friends and family members and like that's when you get me like i might have an open earlier in the year outside of our area but then when I'm home waiting for stuff to happen in upstate New York, um, that that's the time of the year you guys will see me is like right around mother's day, you get a little of me and then like, don't expect to freaking see me until the third week of September <laughs> or the second week of October, depending on the year. Like d- you, you will not see me period. Um, got, like I don't got- exist
1: you got to move you got to move farther down south where nah. the, that time frame is is non-existent
0: here's what here's what i'll say and this is what everybody from the south does not understand all right and and you can't like me telling you isn't going to make you understand but i'm going to say it anyway it is very exciting to fish in the north especially upstate new york because everything happens so fast and if you screw up in the beginning you can be screwed up for the entire season and screwed because everything's going go. I mean, you can literally stare at the grass and watch it grow. It grows (laughs) that fast. Like, so you spend all winter, right? Which whenever you put your boat away for me, I usually put it away. Middle of October. (laughs) I like it though. And here's why I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love it. And this is why that I go, I go steelhead fishing for a few weeks. Some years I go into January. Some years I just go for a couple weeks. Do you eat the steelhead you catch? No, I put them all back, dude. I I'm there just to, to catch them, take a picture, put them back. I want everyone to live on, spread the genetics. So hopefully one day we don't have to (laughs) stock those things ever again. Look, look but, in the
1: south. We eating some of them motherfuckers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. We yeah, eat, look, we we gonna eat something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean we got we got walleye for that, Uh and walleyes <laughs> to me, my that's my favorite fish to eat anyway. Well, so many y'all,
1: y'all have a y'all have a way bigger variety, yeah, of fish yeah, we than do. we have. Yeah, you know, we have what we have anyway. All right, so right.
0: I love the getting my tackle 100% dialed in mm. waiting to dump my boat back in the water to start mm-hmm. the season. And then once you once it's for guys like me who have ADHD, it's full throttle from there, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's freaking you're instantly stimulated because like you go out there and the water temperature is climbing every single day and you're watching the grass grow and all of these things are coming at you so fast. And then a cold front will come through and mess everything up for a week. And you got to battle back and, I'm saying all this so fast because that's literally what it's like living here. I mean, Mm. you can watch the grass be six inches long one day and six days later be six feet long. And like, and then, and then six weeks later be 16 feet tall. And like, you can watch it on panoptics grow, I swear to you. And it (laughs) is, it's awesome. Like, and and these fish transition so fast and like all of the rules that we research, right? Because guys like me, before you got into the industry, you think because you heard Ish Monroe or or uh, like Chris Zaldane or Brandon Paul or Kevin Van, Ditt, because you've heard these guys say it on YouTube and in articles in Bassmaster Magazine and blah blah blah. Because they've said it, this is definitely the case, right? Like I did my research, like I paid attention in class, right? None of these rules apply up here. I promise you that like you what you think, you know, and and you could probably say the same thing at home when you as soon as you think, you know, something you don't know squat, dude. And like ain't no absolutes in fishing. And 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 there's I mean, there's zero and and we get so much of that up here. I'll
1: get to it. There's one. But go ahead.
0: What somebody on a jet ski is going to get in your way at some point? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, no, down here it's the fucking rope, rope, row boaters. No, there's oh. one absolute in fishing. One absolute. This also comes from Buck Perry. Okay. When you go fishing, the fish are shallow, deep, or somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, and sometimes all ab- of the above.
1: That's the only absolute in fishing that that I can think of is that fish are shallow, deep, or somewhere in between.
0: Agreed. I mean and and I I think all of that is very much compounded and really like exaggerated mm. where we live because these these fish go from ice out to ice in in seven months. Like yeah, and I mean really to, like they have, to
1: do, they have to do their survival their survival mode of eat fuck survive in Four or five months, where mm-hmm. down here shit is seven months. Like yeah, you know, they got all kinds of time. They they can take their time. Those fish up there know they have to get shit done quicker.
0: Yep. And then their metabolism is gonna slide back down and they're gonna go into parka mode where they're all wearing parkas down there and not moving around real good. And, and and a lid is over their head and they can't see the sun for another five months, you know, until some idiot comes by and drills a hole in the lid, you know, like, yeah, you know? so like, it's, it's a definitely a weird thing that we do up here. And, yeah. and to me, it makes it very exciting. And I, like I said, in the beginning, I'm a tinker and a hoarder and, and some of that is just my nature and my personality. But some of that is very much exacerbated by like where in the country I live too. So, I I mean, I enjoy it being like this. Like I have friends that live in Tennessee and I was talking to this girl really recently. And Emily's like, you got to get down here. Like you live in the Arctic circle, that stuff's hell. And I was like, look, just because you left doesn't mean everyone wants to leave, you know, like, yeah. I, I get it. Like you live in Tennessee now and you like it cause it's warmer, but like I could never not fish New York in the summertime. It's the best fishing on the planet. As far as summertime fishing goes, living in the North is awesome. I mean, because these fish were spawning a month and a half ago and they're in full summertime mode now. And the fish that forgot that they were supposed to, some of them are up spawning now, which is weird, but like every once in a while, like one of them's breaking the rules and like, you know, there's so much to be said. Some fish never go deep. Some fish never go shallow. And like, there's a lot of variety here and it is freaking weird. And I-, I ain't going anywhere. I love upstate New York. There is a 30 pound bag on Cayuga waiting to be caught. 28.5 pounds won a couple of years ago on our opening day um, tournament. And it was smallmouth bass and it, the same stinking day on the St. Lawrence river, smallmouth bass one with like over 30 pounds on the SLR on opening day. And, Normally Cayuga's one with like 26 pounds of largies, and somebody went and found smallmouth that year, and they were huge. And you just never know what's going to go on up here. There's here Oneida, the Thousand Islands. There's Candlewood in Connecticut. There's all the Champlain is only like four and a half hours, you know, to the east, and the there's all yeah. Oh God, that's where I grew up, Susquehanna River. Like, don't Dude, get me the started kayak, there.
1: That's the kayak fishing mecca right now for like three years running um that is the place that people want to go and in in watching in bailey and in cat mandrew last last year after i got Mm -hmm. to know them and watching them what they were catching in the summer yeah they're, they're they're seriously out there catching 20 30 40 four and five pound smallmouth all day long and we, fivers are, are harder to find. The fivers are harder to find. But Andrew has his spots for his good clients. He talks about it. Well, that's not, Suski. that's not the susky.
0: That's not the Suski. No, 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 though. no, 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 yeah. no, yeah.
1: I'm talking about Andrew, like my, so my, how my mentality changed with that area. Oh, okay. Just where you Was yeah. watching Bailey and Andrew posting, you know, four pounders and catching 20 or 30 of them. Yeah. In a day. Of smallmouth, and I'm, you know, we're down here in 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 the area we are, and there the be weather's ready.
0: nice, and the weather nice is nice down there. It is, but
1: it's also it's also actually nicer in August, July, and August. It's nicer up there than it is here. Like it's fucking miserable. It yeah. Like I mean, your underwear are dripping down <laughs> yeah. your legs with, with butt sweat and nut yep. sweat. They uh, are, but. But I'll tell you, I mean, we can have good days here. Sharon Harris is one of the most unbelievable lakes for for mega schools of bass chasing shad. Right. You're talking about hundreds of of different it dude, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It's the most fun I've ever had. It looks like the water's boiling. Okay. I mean, it is I, I can't even describe it. I've got video footage of it. It doesn't do it justice. You have to come here. But all those fish though, when you catch them, you catch between <clears throat> two people in a boat. You could catch 30 to 50 on one okay. if you hit it right. But but they're they're two and a half to three pound fish. They're mm-hmm. cookie cutters. Two and a half to three pounds. Bailey and Andrew are sitting out there catching 30, four-pound smallmouth. Yeah, like, I mean, like people, it's just again, you know, it's something we talked about earlier. So <laughs> it's just the perception of 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 fishing up there versus down here because there was nothing, nobody was making video. Well, in Fisherman, yeah, know, was was one, but but there was no professional fishing up there for so long. Right, um, that you know, people just didn't know. All right, look, man, we're we're two hours and twenty minutes, in. we're gonna get to these shotgun questions. You ready for these shotgun Sweet. questions? All yeah, right, give it, give it I to ask you. a question, you answer. It. There ain't no umming, there ain't no thinking, there ain't no All this right. this All one right. and that one. You just you answer the fucking question. Um, right. you probably gonna get chastised if I don't like it. Crocs or okay. flip flops? Flip flops. Sims flip
0: flops. I'm, I have I no affiliation with Sims. They're best flip-flops ever. Dude, when they get wet, though, I just can't. The, the, the flip-flop
1: thong and shit, it just it don't work for me. I like a wet thong, dude. Well, I do too, but not not between my toes. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone.
1: Well, I mean, between your legs, everybody likes a wet thong. Between your legs, pulled to the side. Pineapple and pizza, yes or No. No. Oh
0: my gosh, thank you. Yes. Dude, I got a man card. Come on. I'm like <laughs> I do my own truck maintenance. Like, I don't eat pineapple on oh, a pizza. Shit.
1: Oh shit, <laughs> this man knows how to change his oil. <laughs> Y'all are missing out. If you single, you need to call Joe think He'd your <laughs> oil change. Right. He can clean your pipes out too. All right. Spend more on a rod or a reel.
0: Real usually. Real. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. I took you for a
0: rod guy. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, 90% of the time is spending more on reels. Like they're you can get higher performance things that are very tangible, like noticeable out of the reels. I have a couple like real expensive rods, but I got a lot of really expensive reels. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to call alpha rods and tell them your answer
1: to this question.
0: Well, like, so we're direct to consumer (laughs) companies save 40% just buying from us instead of the retailer. So I got a a misconstrued freaking perception of what a rod's worth, you know?
1: That's right. That's right. That's right. Just one seven pounder or five two
0: pounders? Seven. Seven. Wacky rig or Texas rig? Texas. Freaking, I have a man card. Come on.
1: Look, I, I throw the Nico because I don't have the fucking patience. That's for not a wacky, wacky rig. rig,
0: in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: All right. Alex has some other questions that he was asking, but he didn't send Sweet. me that updated list, so I can't fucking remember. So, oh, all right. On. Here's a. Have you, have you ever eaten largemouth bass or do you <laughs> eat largemouth bass? No. no. Oh, my God. You, see, every Yankee says this shit. They're like, oh, my God. Shit tastes like mud. I'm like, bitch, I could cook you crappy, large my fast and deep fry. And I guarantee you know no difference.
0: Oh, I, it's not a taste thing for me. Yeah, no, it's not that. I mean, honestly, if I if I to, here's the thing, most of pretty much all of the fish that I eat, not all of them, but close come through the ice. And this is the thing is catching them mm-hmm. out of those water temps are like, I, I think it makes them a little easier to to stand the texture, like they cook real nice, right? They clean real nice. They cook real nice. I, I don't know. Anytime I catch a bass through an ice hole in years that I have an ice fish and I'm like, it's a bass. Yeah. I just put <laughs> them back in the hole to be nice, you know? So like I just haven't gotten to do it. It's, it's not a, well,
1: not a bring your ass out here, we're going to catch a mess, of largemouth bass. We're going to post it on the internet of us cooking <laughs> them and cleaning them. And we're, we're going to relish in the hate that we get from a bu- bunch of pansies. But, uh, 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 yeah. look, look, where I grew up, so I ain't ever ate or caught no fish from from the ice. It just, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Carolinas, it ain't happening. If it is, right. I'm pretty sure we got better shit to worry about than fish. <laughs> you right. But, but where I grew up, we ate catfish. What we caught were catfish, brim, some crappie, and then mm-hmm. bass. Yeah. And so we ate, you know, if we want to have fucking fish fried, we'd go out to the pond, we'd catch a mess of everything. We, whatever the fuck we caught, we ate. Yeah.
0: So anyway, all right. That's how you know Oliver ate- is. I yeah. mean, he'll eat, he'll eat anything. Dude, we we had fried shad roe. We caught hickory shad when I was oh, in Virginia. Oh, yeah. Dude, it was so good. So yeah. good. I thought hey, I was going to hey, hate it.
1: I've, uh, Red Sucker is a fish down here. Red Sucker. But there's a certain way that you have to clean it and kind of prep it to fry it to eat. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Also, carp.
0: Yeah. I, I don't did, know man. how
1: to do it. I don't know how to do it. But where I grew up, there were folks that would bake like carp balls and fry them.
0: And those things were fucking phenomenal. Well, here's the thing: is like so your fish fry ends up sucking. What's the big deal? Like, drink more Mountain Dew. <laughs> Go in the freaking freezer, pull out a back strap or a hindquarter, chop something up, and make something else. Like, fish fries, like, it's not the end of the world if you don't like what's up to eat. Like, microwave a pizza. I don't care. Like, That's right. That's I'm always right. down to eat it. It's, it's definitely, you just got to get down with the get down. All right, have you ever eaten beaver? <laughs> yeah, buddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about the beaver that swims in the water. Oh, I've I've
0: had some some soaking wet beaver in my life, dude. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. We're uh, single, dude. Te- for a Texas reason.
1: Bass Bay, Texas fast babe. Texas fast babe. Congratulations. Yeah. We finished third non-boater. Yeah, as the, non- boater, as yeah. the non-boater at, at Ross Barnett. Right. And and one of the probably I would say I would say it's number one right behind um, uh, Country Boy Creek fishing story about why he buys cheap rod and reels. Oh, no, I saw that too. One. Yeah, Country Boy said, Look, I got horses, man. I bought all my Not shit. From got two horses. So I, can, <laughs> I got to feed my horses. Um, but Tiffany said, I have never woke up in the morning and thought to myself, Boy, I will eat some beaver today. That is the greatest Bass and bruise quote ever, and so that's where that question came from. But y'all go give Tiffany Texas Bass Babe a high five, a congratulations, because yeah. her first tournament she went to, the guy's boat uh, had issues and she couldn't yeah, even she fish. Got towed in, right? Yeah, and, and she, he he actually let her go out there and fish for like half a day. She's upset. So great job, Tiffany. All right, Joe. This is this is the question of questions that makes this podcast what it is. Sweet. And and we will reference Bailey right off the bat because he has him and one other guy are tied for the two worst fucking answers to this question ever. So Sweet. Bass and Brews, the question we're known for, you know how you know how anglers love sandwiches. What are your top three sandwich proteins?
0: Uh, first is always going to be turkey. Um, I'm a big turkey sandwich kind of guy, and I'm a Miracle Whip guy. That's just how my raised me. I'm sorry, like, I mean, I as an adult, I have appreciation for mayonnaise. Like, I go to I throw it back to Miracle Whip often. Um, peanut butter is number two. Like, that's uh, okay. that's uh, dude. I'm a peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter and fluff, peanut butter and I don't care. I love a peanut butter sandwich. Um, really, I don't I don't have much of a third. Like. I think it's because like, so my, my family is like real poor growing up and like, I ate a lot of like bad ham and like Oscar Mayer bologna and like, I I just, if I'm making my own sandwiches, like, like I said, I'll use peanut butter in a lot of ways. Turkey's my go-to. I don't know. Like, that's really it. I mean, you want, like roast beef, no pepperoni, no salami. No, I'm a bad Italian man. Like I like if but you're if not going to be- no, here's the thing. If if I'm ordering a sandwich, like I'm ordering chicken parm from the place down the street all the time. Like that's my, <sighs> sa- that's my go-to, but like if, I don't think I think of that as like a restaurant sandwich. That's not like a Joe sandwich. Like that's not something I made. made no, so this I man, just joined Bailey, didn't I?
1: Kind of. I <laughs> it might be worse at this point. You're the only one that's ever not at least just been like fuck it and named a third meat. You're like, I you know, no, I I really only eat I got food. a lot of
0: hates like, and here's the thing. And, and you'll learn this about chicken it, Paul, parm. like his third is chicken parm. I love it, <laughs> dude. Like, so when I go to Champlain every day, I get off the water and like, I slept, I've slept in that parking lot at Plattsburgh <laughs> so many times, right? Because there's outlets on the light poles. So oh, whenever shit. I use, yeah. oh That's yeah. Good. So like whenever Damn I go to Champlain, yeah. I'd like. I'd like lock all the compartments on the boat, put the cover on, and then I'd sleep in the truck. And I, I did that for like a week and a half once, right? And Back you your boat into BFLs. the damn light pole. All the time, yeah. right? So, I mean, like I would go to the Italian restaurant up the road every other day. And I, I'd, get a, <laughs> I'd get a chicken parm every other day that was like dinner. And that was like a fancy meal for me when I like first <laughs> awesome. got into like traveling and fishing. Yeah. So I, that might be kind of like why my answers were so terrible. Hey, because chicken parm, like, we got it. No, no, look, your I, answers are fine. I
1: liked, you're the first, you're the first person. We've had a couple pe- peanut butter and jellies, but right. you're the first person that threw, threw out the puff. Oh, and dude. let me tell you something. I look peanut butter and jelly sandwich with puff, put it oh, in the yeah. refrigerator overnight. Oh, yeah, and pull it out and eat it the next day. Like the puff is, is chewy, it's like a I can't describe it, but it's it's, it's chewy and pulley and cold. And yeah, so like uh, I
0: was poor growing up, like you had to get versatile with, with your Jiff <laughs> and your Peter Pans, man. Like, but I ate mayonnaise sandwiches growing up. Yeah, a, a piece of
1: bread. With like an inch thick of Duke's mayonnaise and another piece crack, of bread,
0: cracked and bre- black pepper on it too, right? No,
1: no, just mayonnaise, man. We, <laughs> oh. look, we, what? No, it We had to pre-crack pepper in my house. We well, that's had, what we I we mean. Like pan- really, <laughs> it was
0: the packet you stole from Arby's, right? <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't
1: a packet though. They stole like eight tables full, and when you got home, they made the kids tear them open and pull them into. Salt and pepper shaker.
0: Well, I gotta tell you this like, one of my fondest memories of being poor growing up was like, uh, like we used to, my mom used to do it all the time because we're all going to sports and stuff so much. Like, I have a brother and a sister, and it was like a big deal when the Arby's coupons would come in the mail Mm. and you could get five for 555 regulars (laughs) of beef and cheddars. And we were like, Hell yeah, it was like, oh, dude, like sweet we're not getting pizza from like Uh, the crappiest place in town like since we're all on the go my mom couldn't cook all the time so like we had to eat really cheap when we were on the go and like five for 555 like dude you know you were born in the 80s and ate at arby's a lot in the (laughs) late 90s if you waited for those coupons to come in the mail bro
1: where i grew up the first time i ever ate at arby's i was in college in the early 2000s Oh, where wow. I grew, where I grew up, there like we had some local restaurants, uh-huh. but if you wanted fast food, it was it was twenty minutes to the. Oh no, closest. we
0: drove forty minutes to go okay. get it because like I live in the boonies, <laughs> like but like most of our sports were like in that yeah, direction. So yeah. like if Kate had a soccer game in Binghamton, we were like. Oh sweet, we're gonna swing through Arby's tonight for dinner. Like that's what we get rewarded with. Cause for sitting through our sister's soccer game. You know? All right,
1: everybody go get a newspaper. We're gonna go in one at a time with <laughs> yeah. the coupons. Yeah. So we each get our five yep. our five sandwiches.
0: Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. That was Man, and that was traveling crazy. dinner for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, this has been awesome. This is a
1: good ass time. I, I tell you what it's like, I, I told you this, and, and this is the way I do the podcast. Alex is, Alex is usually a little more structured. He's got questions. He's kind of got an idea where it wants to go. Me, uh, you know, we just take the conversation, like getting into the big swim baits. That's something I was curious about. You gave mm-hmm. a lot of good information, which was awesome. Um, the, the rods, that was great to hear about, you know, what kind of goes into it from y'all's aspect of it. Uh, th- there was a ton in here, so I'm I'm super excited. Hang on. Uh, we'll, we'll end this. We'll come back and kind of finish up on, on the end. Before we do that, shout out, you know, all your people that you want to thank, anybody you want to highlight, sponsors. Um, you know, this is your time to throw anybody so, out.
0: So – there are a lot of great companies that help support me to do what I do. Um, really like the only person that I really want to thank though, is, is just my ma dude. Like she, she probably won't hear this. Like she, you know, listens to enough of the podcasts that I do and stuff, but like, (laughs) you know, I, I, I wouldn't be where I am if she didn't, continue to encourage me to, to do what makes me happy. And like, you know, I've, I've ridden, like, dude, I could have went the easy route. I could have made six figures like my siblings and my parents. And, you know, I, I I would like to think I have good enough genetics. I could have skated by and done pretty okay for myself, but you know, I've, I'm not that type of person and, and mom has been so hugely supportive. She's seen me weigh in like once she traveled up to Oneida and watched me weigh in in a BFL. And I was in the first flight and I was like leading for a while, which like made her <laughs> really excited. And Awful. I mean, my mom, my mom, uh, she lives two blocks away. Um, mm. My job that I used to work full time um, was in between and her job was next door to mine. Um, My mom's the public defender now. And uh, I work um, teaching drug and alcohol education, like prevention education um, in the schools. And so like, my agency, the drug and alcohol treatment center is right next to the courthouse. (laughs) And like, so we have lunch like two days a week. We either have it at her house or my house. So we'll go to her house and let her dogs out often. Like, so we have a really, really close relationship. And I mean, like I said, I have a ton of amazing companies that are helping me along this road and have given me opportunities. But like without the support of my mom, I don't think I'd be taking the leaps that I take. And I don't think I would be as comfortable Doing what I do every day. I mean, it it feels good to have family support, and um, my mom is definitely the glue that holds our family together. So I, I just she's the I just feel at some point, yeah, I want to fish, fish burn it, and I don't know, like if you know the story, but like fish, and if any of the viewers don't know what I'm talking about, fish, fish burn qualified for a couple Bassmaster Classics, and he went on stage with a shirt that just said grandma on it. And, uh, you know, he said, I've got all these companies that are helping me out, but like, if it wasn't for grandma, I wouldn't be where I am today. And, and I, I truly, truly from the bottom of my heart feel that way about, uh, my ma and mm-hmm. you know, like she's, you know, she's the reason that I, that I, that I am me probably more than anyone. So. That, yeah. That's the only person in. Well, hell things. yeah, hell yeah, Mo Mo, Ma Jola. There we go. Yeah, Mama Lababra. Like Mama that's La what the, that's what one of my buddies called her for a while. He, <laughs> he loved to mispronounce my last name. He used to call her Mama Lababra.
1: Well, there's a lot of fucking vowels put together in your name, and that shit just don't. Do it. So tell us where we can find you on the social medias, and then we're gonna end it.
0: Yeah. The best way to find me guys is you can find me on Instagram at Joe LaBarbara fishing. It's the name on the screen. Um, if you really are looking to like learn, uh, about any of the big bait stuff, you can always, uh, watch our podcast on big on the big Bass dreams, YouTube channel. It airs at 9 PM on Thursday nights. That's 9 PM Eastern time. The recordings do not stay up there. If you want to see the recordings, uh, I think for five dollars you can get on Oliver Nye's OnlyFans for men. I mean Patreon page, and uh, and uh, he he puts all the recordings up there on on that. Um, I think it's five bucks a month. Um, but uh, yeah, so that the all of our live streams are there. Um, if you ever have rod questions, you know about Alpha stuff, you can DM me at Alpha Angler. If you have big bait questions. DM Oliver, <laughs> like, no, you can DM the Big Bass Dreams page, and and I'll get back to you. I mean, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie, and and I don't mean this in a weird way, which I've had friends twist this for me in a weird way, dude. I'll set, I'll stay up, DMing people, fishing stuff all night. Like, if you you have questions and they're honest to God questions, you're not just being ridiculous. Like, I, I'm happy to help like Polonek. I reached out to him on Facebook back. I don't know, 2013. And that's how I became a big fan of Brandon's is he had a connection to, to anyone. He didn't care. He talked to anybody. Didn't care what your name was. He never looked to see how many followers you had. I'll do the same thing if people want to learn. So you're welcome to DM me anytime. Check out our videos on the big best dreams, YouTube channel. There's over 800 videos to watch. Um, yeah. Come catch a double digit with us sometime.
1: All right. Y'all heard it here on Bass and Bruise. Slide into his DMs, but no toe, no toe picks. Don't
0: right. Exactly. No
1: feet picks. All right. Yeah. No, just fishing only.
0: No thongs fishing between only. the toes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hooks at Hoodlums, Bass and Brews. Check all of us out. Thank you for listening. If you have stayed to two hours and 40 minutes, we sure do appreciate <laughs> it you know this is how we roll we thank you joe thank you for coming on man it was a great time i'm so we've been working on this actually for a while to get it done and then it, it, shit got hectic for both yeah us. glad we finally got it together we're gonna get together and fish soon you're gonna fish in the top 20 you're gonna be down here in some southern opens So i'm gonna see you at least then we're gonna roll y'all thank you hey I'm just waiting for the day swamp rat lips a bluefish or something and loses a thumb.